Pop the top on the whole jacuzzi A rain or sunshine, we're not too choosy Daytime, nighttime, we're always home When you drop on by on your mobile phone To hot tub beers Amber's ales and lagers Hot tub beers Slip on in Tasting micro brews from Texas towns, stouts and pilsners, boxing weeds, having hot tub beers, just my friends and me. Hair of the dog. There you go. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. Where Mary's about to drink a little bit of hair of the dog. How you doing, Mary? I'm here. So we, we have, uh, it's not the usual suspects on Hot Tub Beers today. Uh, so we are, we're still at Brash. It's first, first Sunday of February. Uh, we have uh, Mary Thorne. Morning. Afternoon. Yes, Jake is, uh, Jake is indisposed at the moment. He won't be joining us today. Um, but then we do have a special guest, and yeah. I'm excited about this one. Uh, Mr. James Carlisle. How's it going, guys? So, James... We have you on podcast, Brewer, okay, currently, and I guess formerly, Ingenious Brewing. That is correct. I'm, so, uh, I'm still there for the time being, but uh, very short-lived uh, coming, so. So, we're going to start by drinking all your beer and rating it in front of you. Uh, this is this is a podcast in which we have absolutely no humility. We've uh, we've developed the industry standard rating scale of zero to four. Okay, uh, zero. We are we need to burn the brewery down. They're not allowed to produce okay. any beer at all ever again. And four, it's perfect. I need it every time I get into the uh, pool in the back of a pickup truck. Okay. Um, so we're we're gonna start easy. We're we're starting with Sparkly Boy. Now, this is a craft seltzer. Yes, sir. So tell me, I, I, we'll start there. Because craft seltzer has been something that's kind of we've seen pop up lately. Uh, what was the what was the inspiration behind putting a craft seltzer in the ingenious lineup? Uh, so you kind of have to go with the uh, the the flow of the of the market sometimes, and uh, seeing all like the Happy Dad seltzers, the you know Ranch Waters, and all those uh, lemon lime seltzers uh, starting to come out. You kind of don't want to get left behind, so we had to go about doing our our take, an ingenious uh, take, if you will, on. Uh, on a hard uh, craft seltzer, and this Sparkly Boy is where we landed. Okay, so this uh, it's poor. I didn't know what to expect before. It's, it looks like an ecto cooler. Remember those, <laughs> those old those old school high seas where yep. you had uh, Slimer on the uh, on the cover? Yes. Would you like so? We have a secret. We have a secret guest in the back. We're not going to deny her any beer. Um, there's glitter in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Edible glitter. Edible glitter. It's, so uh, yeah, just one of those. It's just fun things to do. Okay, so tell us tell us about the process of making a seltzer. Uh, you could do it basically in your sleep. That's what makes it so uh, so fun to do. Okay. Uh, that's what makes it inexp- uh, inexpensive to do. But it's essentially just uh, water, dextrose, uh, a heavy bit of uh, you know nutrients, um, and yeast. Uh, it smells like Sprite. It does. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had this one. It does. It smells like Sprite. It's a fun pour. It, it is a fun pour. Okay, so yeah, you can see... I don't know. I'm having a hard time seeing the glitter. Like it's uh, so, uh yeah. I probably should have shook it up beforehand. Yeah. That's me. All right. I'm sorry. I'm the asshole <laughs> host. All right. Yeah. 
I didn't shake up your glitter. Hey, your glitter beer doesn't have any glitter in it, ass. Okay, now it does. Okay. Everybody gets some extra pour. Now you got some glitter. Might have a little more in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little bits. Now the now the glitter has glitter beer has glitter in it. Yeah. So I want to start with uh, we're gonna keep sipping this as we go. We're gonna eventually rate this, but I want you to tell us the story of James Carlisle. So, how did you get into craft beer in general and work your way into brewing? Uh, I got tired of paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's so, a great start. <laughs> so I decided to learn how to make it myself. That's, okay. That's, that's uh, you know I was paying uh, I was paying some breweries light bills I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'd rather have people pay mine. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just uh, kind of just dove into it, you know, you know, uh, all you know, straight ahead, and uh, just uh, made it my entire life for like the last, I guess, ten years. And and uh, luckily, I'm uh, lucky enough to have someone who uh, supports that that passion and that dream, and uh, uh, and my wife Jess. And uh, yeah, it's a constant learning process as well too. So I'm not anywhere close to being done learning. Oh, so. absolutely, yeah. Uh, I tell my wife all the time, if you're the smartest person in the room, go find new friends. Uh, <laughs> I love that, dude. That's awesome. So that's why I constantly try to uh, involve myself and with people who I know know more than me. So There you go. Yeah, so. so who's the guy that knew more than you at Ingenious? Uh, Mike and Justin. Uh, Mike, Mike knows a lot of the scientific side of brewing. Okay. Uh, and Mike and Justin are the two owners. Um, and so... Uh, I would I would say Mike, and then before that, you know, my previous jobs as well too. I had people above me at, at certain jobs that uh, that I just would basically just sit there and listen to, okay, you know, and ask questions, ask questions. And as a as a brewer, what's one of the biggest lessons that you learned from those guys? Uh, good brewers will dump bad beer. Was it hard so, when you dumped uh, your first batch? Wait, the first batch uh, that I had to dump was at Whole uh, Whole Foods previous uh, to Ingenious, and yeah, it was. Uh, not sure what happened to it, but it just wasn't up to my quality standards, and yeah. so it went down the drain. Man, what was the style? Do you remember? It was an IPA. Yeah, was it? was it? Uh, right when uh, Houston was trying to really get a hold of the uh, the haze craze and all that stuff, and uh, it just really wasn't up to, to mine or my at the time my assistant standards. And we we're like, let's let's not even try to, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig when it comes to beers, you know. How was Whole Foods with that? Were they they comfortable with you throwing out a batch of beer? They didn't know. <laughs> it might have been left off the books that month. Have you have you ever worked for some people who are like, no, fuck it, we're gonna figure out how to sell this beer no, no. matter whether you need no? Absolutely that's good. No. That's no. good. That's 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 the thing. Good brewers will dump bad beer. So if it's not up to our standards, it never it never went out. Nice. So, so was was craft beer always the goal? I, you know, I didn't really get into it thinking of, of it being a career at the time when I started homebrewing. You know, back. 13 years ago, I was uh, working a uh, industrial sign shop, graphic design shops, and stuff like that. You know, installing. Uh, you know, I tell my wife all the time, we'll drive past the CVS. I'd be like, "Hey, I installed that sign." So I mean, I used to do all that okay. stuff for a living. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a hobby that just really just took over uh, to the point where you couldn't even park a, a car in my garage because I had so much, you know, homebrewing equipment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it just it got to the point where it kind of just took off, and there was other job opportunities and and small little competitions that I was doing back in the day that I ended up working with, uh, and just really got to see like the behind the scenes kind of like the actual true professional side of brewing, and that's when it got really fun and interesting. 
Okay, so what turned you? What, what was the difference when you switched over to that professional side of brewing? That was like, fuck yeah, I got to do this. It's to be honest with you, I think it's a lot easier to brew a professional scale beer than it is a homebrew. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because I mean, especially with the certain breweries that you work for or work with, uh, you know, their resources are almost endless sometimes. And oh, it's like playing with the house money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. The only downside is, it's like, I've got one shot, one kill. If I decide I want to make this beer, I have to make it and make it good. Yes. Otherwise, you know, because at, at Ingenious, we didn't have a pilot system. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was, you know, the smallest batch of beer we would brew would be 10 barrels. Um, but uh, that's back to kind of like our homebrew roots, though, is what we would do is we would brew a lot of bases. Like the, the Sparkly Boy is uh, essentially just a base seltzer. Okay. And then uh, we were able to go through and individually adjunct kegs. We'd have certain accounts that would ask for certain things, and we would hook them up with special one-off kegs. And that was kind of like our pilot system right there was our, our, was our customers. And depending on how well they perceived or how, how well they uh, enjoyed that beer or not enjoyed that beer, determined whether or not we would scale it up to do a full 10-barrel batch of it and eventually can it and okay. you know, more and more like mass produce it. Uh, well, so it, you know, if, if you're, uh, unless you've been living under a rock in the Houston area, you know Ingenious. And you know the experimentation that they put into it and the, uh, like the diversity of beers that come out of there, dude. Like you, you hardly see the same thing twice out of there a lot of times. Yeah. So... You, James Carlisle, just the, just the brewer, just the man. What do you drink? <laughs> uh, all right. Hey. Oh no, no, no! no. I feel if, like if, I feel like there's a secret if, coming if, out. If, something, something controversial. If, Hold on. No, if you, if Hold you, your ears. yeah, uh, I'm gonna get dragged for this one. But hey, oh. we're gonna be honest about it. So if you went to my beer fridge in the garage and you opened it up, you'd see a couple of ingenious beers in there. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can easily get those at work when I'm at work. I can, I can have an ingenious beer there. Um, it might be a, a, you know, a craft beer here or there, but uh, it's Michelob Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right, cheers. That's all right. I still love you. Uh, you know what it is in mine? It's, uh, it's, it's Lone Star. Hey, I'll, I'll house uh, a Lone Star. Yeah, oh, I, I, I love it. I don't know why, but you, I just keep coming back to it. Mary, do you mess, do you mess with Lone Star or Michelob Ultra? N- not on the regular. Different <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at the ball game, maybe. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. That. We, we had one the other night, Friday night. Oh yeah, you had the you had the was that the Coors Light night? Uh, no, Coors Light night was a week couple a week or so ago. Uh-huh. But these are leftovers, Nat- Natty Light employee beers now. Uh, nice. <laughs> oh, the employee beers, employee Natty Light beers over now. there. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah, right. soon to run out. Soon to run out. Yeah, yeah. You just get, keep going through all those cheap hipster beers. You just yeah. go Natty Light, get Natty some PBR Light. in there. Something, yeah. yeah. Keep yeah. Yeah. I remember we did a uh, Boom Shaka Lager Fest with Urban South and uh, okay. Dave Omer. This is back when Dave was still there. And yeah, he was walking around with coolers full of uh, champagne of beer. Oh, fuck yeah, and dude. All the brewers were just grabbing them up. Yeah. Uh, we were walking around two, three in our hands. Like, well, the classics never die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are, <laughs> that's one of those things that we've talked about that on the podcast, right? Like, so, you know, everybody kind of shits on commercial beer. You know, they, everybody's mad at Carbock for selling out and all this stuff. But, those brewers, they still know what they're doing. Yeah, that's still, still really good beer I mean, that comes out kind of, of there, I mean, right? You know, you know, some of it, some of it's kind of watered down and commercialized. Some of it's, you know, that, but but there there's some of those that will stand the test of time. I think, yeah, yeah. Miller High Life is one of them. The yeah. Champagne of beers, Lone Star. the Coors Yellow Bellies, the yeah. Lone Stars. I think those are all phenomenal beers to go back to. They'll 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 outlive us, you know. Oh yeah, completely, <laughs> completely. They'll they they might even outlive a sparkly boy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's possible. I, I, I would imagine so. Okay, so far as far as craft seltzers go, 
How do you feel about this one? Sorry, are we rating it now? We're getting close. We're okay. getting there. <laughs> um, so the only really thing I have with, uh, with the seltzers is trying to keep it super effervescent. So you notice it doesn't really hold a head. Not, not many do, but uh, I, you know, I wish it was a little more effervescent as opposed to, like, say, like a ranch water. It, it's, okay. it's almost got more like a – like this right here might smell like Sprite. Yeah. But I think ranch water, it feels like Sprite when yes. you drink it. That, yes. that carbonation level, that effervescence. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll still drink the shit out of it. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> a, I, I haven't been a big seltzer guy. And, and they, they I, I do like the fact that they come off a little dry. I'm not drinking like a sugar bomb. Um, I, I kind of dig this one, to be completely honest. Um, it's the. The glitter, though. All right, so tell me about the glitter. Why the glitter? It's, I think we also, we just had some leftover from a previous project we were doing. <laughs> and I was like, if we can't make it super effervescent, make it look super effervescent, yeah. so we threw glitter in it. And, yeah. uh, and people, people oh. loved it. You know, people loved seeing it. If I went to the, into the tap room and opened a can and poured it for people, they're like, what the hell is that? I want it. Yeah. So, and then they ended up, actually ended up coming back and be like, no, it's actually it really is. good. Like, I, I want more of it just because it actually tastes good. But, but uh, So, let's go ahead and rate it. So, I, I said on the nose, it, it smelled like Sprite. Flavor-wise, it's dry. There is a light citrus taste to it. Um, but it's, it's good. It's not a sugar bomb. I enjoy it. Like I said, I think this is a pool beer. Yeah. I could sit and crush this by the pool. Yeah. Um, I don't even feel effeminate with the fact that it's, it's, there's tons of glitter in there. Yeah, I still feel calm in my masculinity. Yeah, uh, sure. even though that uh, or secure, I guess is the proper word. Um, there is a little bit of glitter in my tasting glass, so each uh, each beer that I drink today will be a little bit more sparkly than the than it was intentionally yeah. intended to be. Mm-hmm. Um, on zero to four rating scale, Mary, Maybe? I'm gonna go. Well, not yet. I'll I'll, I'll go first. Okay, I won't throw you, you under first. the bus yet. Yeah, not yeah. Yet. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'll go three five. Yeah. I enjoy. It. I don't. I don't. I don't think we've rated a bunch of seltzers, and I know seltzers aren't normally the hot tub beer thing. Uh, but I enjoy this. I appreciate it. I, I like the flavors that are there. Um, it's it's easy drinking. Mm-hmm. There's nothing off flavored about it. It doesn't. Yeah. It's it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Easy drinking. All right. Yeah. What do you think, Mary? I dig seltzers. Love seltzers. The right kind of seltzers. I'm looking forward to seeing what the toilet looks like in the next day or so. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't uh, doesn't work that way, unfortunately. <laughs> Good absorbing the system. Um, yeah, I'm with Tim. 3.5, 3.6. I think it's nice. It looks like mellow yellow. Um, oh, I forgot that, about some yeah, that, that color threw me off. Um, but yeah, it's it's a delightful beer. I could drink this. I'm sorry, seltzer, not a beer. Yeah. All right, James. So. Zero to four. Is this is this exactly what you wanted to come out of it? No, no. It's a three. It's a three. Okay, so it's that low. So what would you do to make it the perfect seltzer? I need that more effervescent, higher carbonation levels too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what would really set it set it apart. Yeah, that that, you with you describing it that way, that makes sense. Yeah, it'll almost be kind of like that little bit of uh, carbonation sting as it goes down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, I'll go three on those. So. How many years have you been brewing altogether? Uh, my hell, if you want to include uh, homebrew days, it's like 13. 13 years? But I think as far as like professional, like I was getting paid to do it, uh, I think it's uh, almost eight. And where was, the, where was the first place that you started brewing? Whole Foods. Whole Foods was the first one? Yeah. Okay. And so how did you get into there? Uh, my wife. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, my wife and... Uh, 
And a good buddy that goes by the name of Gustavo. Good old Gus. Okay, is that uh, the, that's not the same guy that does the uh, Sierra Nevada rep, is yeah. it? Oh, yeah. I've tried to bully Gus on the show, and he was he, he yeah. keeps pulling out. So uh, Gus uh, was originally uh, with, uh, not ri- I don't know where he was before that, but he, when my wife was working with Gus, he was working with, uh, with No Label. Okay. Uh, my wife was a sales rep for them with Gus, and uh, they were making... Jessica, you want some? They were making rounds, I guess, out of counts, and they had walked into Whole Foods Post Oak, where the brewery was located, and uh, uh, Gus introduced my wife to, to Dave Elmer, who was the head brewer at the time, and uh, shortly before that uh, conversation was had, his uh, his assistant brewer chased him tail up to Austin and, and quit, and uh, so Dave was like, hey, I'm looking, if y'all here know anyone, and they kind of looked at each other, Gus and Jess, and were like, uh, yeah, James Carlisle. And you tell them to go online and fill out an application. And uh, I think two weeks later, I, I had oh, a job shit. there. Yeah, as an assistant brewer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So how was it like scaling up from homebrew for the first time? So I had I, I had I'd, I'd won some uh, pro am competitions uh, with no label. Basically, no, uh, pro am competition is the brewery will host a homebrew competition, and the winner will get to have the ability to go and brew on their system. Okay. So. Um, so I kind of had a uh, you know a, a good learning uh, experience in how to scale up recipes from like you know five to ten gallon batches is what I was brewing to you know a, a, to a one barrel batch and then from a one barrel batch to a ten barrel batch. Okay. Um, so I kind of had that, that that some of that experience already, uh, but Whole Foods was is only a five barrel brewery, so it was still a relatively super small size. Um, That's almost a perfect way to get into it. It know? is. And so, and what Dave, one of the things that Dave Omer taught me was the KISS method. So keep it simple, stupid. So uh-huh. I would be like, oh, I need, you know, this, you know, this many pounds of this type of malt. He goes, no. He goes, we'll figure out, we'll scale the recipe up and we just round everything up or down and then we can tweak from there. So everything was like by the bag. Okay. So I just made everything a lot easier. Yes. Um, and, you know, so some of the some of the first beers that uh, we tried doing when we when I first started at Whole Foods were the hazy IPAs and all that stuff. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it was just keep it simple. And how, do you, how did those hazy IPAs do? I think they were actually well-perceived. Uh, nice. I think, uh, you know, a lot of credits went to Whole Foods for... for for brewing those styles of beers, and we nice. would have we we would have beer releases, uh, you know, management at Post Oak would kind of get uh, kind of get worried because there would be you know standing room only in a line out at the bar. Oh shit! Just Good for, for you, people man. to come in and get crowders of them. So, Hell yeah! Um, but yeah, we were having a lot of fun, and we were we were experimenting. So it was still almost kind of like home brewing right. at that scale when you're trying to learn a whole new style of beer that wasn't necessarily uh, well known at the time. Uh, so you're constantly trying to figure it out yourself. That's pretty so, cool. So, you know, we we had a couple of good ones. We had a couple of really good ones. Uh, some that I think are became staples at Whole Foods. Nice. So is uh, one of your beers still one that they brew over there? So, it was, uh, so there was one beer in particular that was there before I got there, but it kind of evolved uh, with me and Dave trying to go to the route of hazy IPAs. And uh-huh. I believe DL Double was a, a, it essentially became, it, I think it originally was a double IPA. It okay. was like eight, eight and a half percent. Um, a lot of Simcoe, Citra, Cascade, you know, it's typical American hops. Um, and then we just slowly started tweaking it. And uh, next thing you know, it's one of our highest rated hazies that we put out a whole nice. Yeah. 
Uh, same with Post Oak Pell L. We had a Pell L that yeah. it was more or less, we, we, we didn't go too crazy with uh, trying to haze it up because people really like that beer as well too. But it, right. some of the, the hopping processes uh, came more to the style of like New England as opposed to like American, you know, like Sierra Nevada Pell L. Right. kind of went way away from like that more. Well, I love the fact that you mentioned that there was a like an evolution to these beers. You saw them growing, right? That you took it over at this point. There was an evolution to it. It grows into what it is now, and now it's a staple at Whole Foods. So, I think as the consumers, we see that we see a brewery pop up, we go and try them, and then we see the evolution of their beer over time. From the other side of the spectrum, from you as a brewer, how would you describe your evolution? Uh, like I said, like it's constantly trying to gain knowledge, uh, yeah. you know. So one of the things that uh, is really beneficial in working in a professional brewery is that you have a great community of other brewers around you, uh, and we all—I mean, I don't know about all, but me in particular—I love to do collaborations. Yeah, and that's where a lot of knowledge can come from. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat in this game, and some people brew hazy IPAs that are, you know, world class that their processes aren't anywhere close to what I'm doing on mine. And I feel like mine are still pretty up there. Yeah. Uh, but just to be able to sit and talk with them about how their process works and how that goes. Uh, and then I can maybe teach them a thing or two about how we do it on our end. So what are some what are some of the brewers in the Houston area that you've collabed with that you really enjoyed and learned a lot from? Uh, one of the uh, few that we've done with, uh, we've done Baba. Okay. Um, Baba was a good one. Uh, who else have we collabed with in in Houston. I yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, we did a, a, a stout for a, a, a charity donation with uh, Breakfast Club, the Brew Brothers, Urban okay. Jungle, like all those guys. And, and uh, not necessarily, you know, other professional breweries, but even if they're not a brewer and they have a, an idea of, they say, like, you know, the Breakfast Club has some of the best breakfast food in Houston. You know, they have people who line out their door for their, for their waffles. So I'm like, we'll put your damn waffles in a beer. And uh, we did that. So That's that, awesome. You know, that was a fun project. But then there's also other breweries that are, you know, the number one rated uh, brew pub on Untapped, which I hate to, you know, use that as, as clout, you know, Untapped. Is, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the answer out of Richmond, Virginia, you know, they're the number one rated brew pub on that app. Yeah. And uh, being able to fly out there and then fly down here and collab with us, that was fun. Uh, but we've also done collaborations with Spindle Tap. We've done, you know, uh, we did stouts, uh, you know, a few, few Christmases ago with, uh, with Garrison when he was still turning valves. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Project Halo, uh, Melissa Mendez and Steve Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mendes, we've uh, had them on the show. Yeah, she actually uh, interned with me at uh, Ingenious before oh, opening. Nice. And, okay. And uh, they actually... Uh, you, you might see some familiar uh, tap room decor because uh, they actually just uh, uh, they just expanded. Okay. Uh, uh, so they actually opened up a, a, a larger location right next door to where they are now, and okay. uh, you'll 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 notice some familiar tap room decor in there. Oh yeah, dude. So I'll make sure they got some of that stuff. But Melissa's a genius as well too. So I know she interned under me, but. I think she's brewing some of the best damn lagers in the city right now. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty sharp. Like when when we interviewed him, she was she was pretty quiet. Yeah. Uh, but then you start drinking her beer, and like it's it it speaks for itself. She's yeah. doing a hell of a job. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. yeah it's going to be interesting to see where that beer evolves to uh, yeah. over the years and how much they grow. Yeah. So. So all right, so we're we're starting to get into while we've been talking, we popped the second beer. And so we're going to get into some of this stuff that Ingenious may be known for, right? Some of these crazy stuff. So we've got a sour ale with blueberries and marshmallows. Marshmallows. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. Marshmallows. The blueberry fluff. Um, Tell us a little bit about this beer. 
So Blueberry Fluff. So this is going to be probably our, one of our most sought-after releases uh, that we did on a yearly basis. It's our Halloween series. And it's all based off of all the, the, the awesome, amazing cereals that, that we as you know, younger kids back we're in the day were going crazy for when it came out. Yeah. And so a lot of the inspiration behind a lot of our beers at Ingenious that are kind of off the wall like this are all food-based food or cocktail-based. And okay. so we're like, hey, we've got to do a, a series about the cereals. Okay. And so over the course of the year, even that's involved, evolved. At first, it was just three of the brands. I think the last uh, year we did it, we had, I think... Uh, it's like five or six of the cereals oh, wow. are all now like in beer form now. Okay. Uh, or were. So, again, it's just a, just a take off of uh, some of our favorite childhood cereals, and uh, we just ran with it. So it's actually got cereal marshmallows in it. Okay. Uh, and it's actually got a crap ton of blueberry, as you can tell by the color in it. Yes. Um, no, it pours this, like, garnet color. And now, look, I've got Sparkly Boy glitter in the line in a glass. <laughs> Each beer is going to be more sexy than the last. Um, it is a 6.8% alcohol. That's a, that's a big sour. Yeah, so one of the things that we first noticed when we first started brewing the kettle sours, uh, we, we were trying to almost kind of do them almost too uh, traditionally, which kettle sours are like three and a half. Um, so if you want to say you want to fruit them, you brew them to like four and a quarter. Or so after you fruit them, they're three and a half. But then after all that cost of money goes into fruiting that said beer, you're going to start to charge someone, you know, $6 for a pint of 3.5% beer. And it yeah. just really, to us, wasn't making, you know, market right. sense, you know. So we since scaled it up to a higher ABV to make it a little bit worth more, you know, more for your dollars. So uh, 6.8%. Uh, it's, it's brewed to about 7, just under 7.5 at first. And then after mm-hmm. we adjunct everything, uh, it comes out about 6.8. And so what are you doing to sour this beer? Uh, so I do traditional kettle souring. I say traditional, uh, meaning I basically uh, I'll, I'll mash in my uh, you know my, my grain and everything. I'll get all my wort into my boil kettle. I cool it down, and I actually intentionally infect the beer. So I actually have a cultured yeast strain that intentionally uh, lowers the pH in it, okay. uh, and creates that acidity, that tartness uh, in that style of beer. So you're using a yeast strain that'll produce the acidity. The lactobacillus. Strain, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause like, I, I, that's always one of the questions I've asked. Cause we've hung out with people that do wild fermentation. We've hung, hung out with people that are like, I went to uh, roadmap in San Antonio. He told me he puts Greek yogurt in there yeah. to infect it and get it going. But I've seen more lately that there's this strain of yeast that'll come out when instead of producing the alcohol, it'll produce the acids and make create the acidity. Yeah. So it's not, it doesn't ferment the beer per se, uh, but it basically just sours it for us. Okay. And uh, what I would normally do is I would normally brew that beer on a Friday uh, and, and cool it down to about 100 degrees or so, and I would sour it over the weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd come back in on Monday, and then I would check the pHs on it, make sure it was where it needed to be, and then we'd boil it for about 20 minutes to kill off all that bacteria so that I can then run it through the rest of my system without having to worry about any kind of infections or anything. That's what, that was going to be my next question. Like, is it cleaner to do that with that yeast as opposed to souring another way? So there's other strains that are more of like, a, like an L-style fermentation yeast, uh, you know, uh, like, a, like a standard like a Saccharomyces yeast strains Okay. Uh, that will actually produce some said lactic acid, um, but they're not nearly as... Um, not nearly as detailed on the palate as like doing it this method. Okay, I feel like uh, we do use that strain on some of our uh, some of our bigger sour beers because they can handle the high ABV. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just doesn't really give like that super like I can't even think of the word right now. But just it's just not as it's not as detailed on the palate as 
doing it the way that we do it as far as the kettle souring goes. So, okay. Yeah. And this beer, a lot of blueberry and marshmallow on the nose. Like maybe more marshmallow than blueberry. Like I feel like I have nostrils full of marshmallow, <laughs> right? Um, it, it doesn't add as much body to the beer as I thought it would when I first started drinking it. I thought, like, if, on the nose, I'm thinking I'm going to get a mouthful of marshmallow, but I'm not. Mm. The, the beer's still kind of light and easy, like I guess you would expect from a normal kettle sour. Yeah. Right? Do you have, does marshmallow usually add more body, or is it usually? So it just depends on the variety of marshmallow you get. And believe it or not, there's, there's hundreds of different types of companies out there making marshmallow products for beverages. Really? Uh, yeah, and uh, so some of them are more flowable. Um, some of them are the actual, the actual damn cereal marshmallow, like the actual like the the puffed up vanilla is pretty much what it is. Uh huh. Um, and we felt like the actual marshmallows themselves, that they're not flavored, they don't really have a flavor. They just taste like vanilla in air. Uh-huh. That's all they really taste like. So uh, we use some of that along with more of a flowable. It's like a, it looks like melted marshmallow is what it looks like. So. But uh, the amount that we have to use actually isn't that much, so it doesn't really add too much to the body of the beer, and it keeps it more of a traditional, you know, thinner uh, kettle sour beer. Okay. Nice. It's, just one more question about you personally. So you, you mentioned you live out in Rosenberg, yes, correct? Sir. And so you're familiar with the Project Halo folks and that whole scene. Is that where you grew up, or are you from somewhere else? No, I'm born and raised in Houston. Nice. Um, I lived in... Uh, I went to, to high school uh, in Stafford with my wife. Uh, Y'all went to Stafford High School? Yeah. Nice. Uh, graduated of three. Okay. Um, from there, I decided to grow up way too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think by the time I was 22, I had a child. Um, and, uh, yeah, lived in Cape. Happens to the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> greatest, greatest, th- greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Absolutely. So, uh, but uh, from there, I moved to Katy. And then I uh, lived in Katy for about eight years and then finally moved. Uh, whenever me and my wife got married, we moved back to uh, moved to Rosenberg where her family is, so closer to family and all that good stuff. Yeah. So we're, uh, actually, we spent all day yesterday doing family birthday parties and all kinds of stuff out, out around town. So it's uh, good, to have, uh, good to have them close by. And that's, that's pretty cool. And it's, 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 as, as growing up in the area, you've, you've obviously put your stamp on the Houston area as far as beer is concerned. How does that feel to be able to grow up in the area, find a profession that you love, and put your own stamp on it? It's it's awesome. It, it, I mean, it's it, my wife's like if your head gets any bigger, you won't fit through the door sometimes. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, we we it, it, no humility is allowed on the right. podcast. You know, but at the same time, though, you know, she's she's like, probably my biggest fan. So that's she awesome. pushes me to do it. Um, and you know, there's sometimes where she'll you know we'll be out you know for date nights, and she gets kind of like you know you know kind of upset when just like random strangers walk up and ask me if I'm James from Ingenious. <laughs> and she's like, I just want one night where it's just me and you and no one talks about your damn beer. Yeah. But at the same time, she loves... She well, loves it was start a podcast and you'll be like uh, invisible everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way it works. Um, so like, I, I did this so that I could be famous in my own mind. Right. Uh, I can go anywhere. Nobody even knows who I am. It's fantastic. No. Yeah. You have to have a face for radio, though. So same. this uh, this beer... I want to talk about it. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I really do enjoy it more than more than I honestly thought I would. Um, I like the marshmallow. I like the fact that it doesn't overwhelm. Now I do get a mouthful of marshmallow, but the the kettle sours there. Um, this is kind of one of my deals. Is I enjoy the adjuncts, but I don't enjoy them if you lose the beer that's underneath. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
I feel like I haven't lost the sour that's underneath. I feel like there's still a great sour under there. I love the sours. I think it's normal to be fruited anyway. Marshmallow may be a little bit outside of the box, but I think it does add a little bit of depth and complexity, a little bit of sweetness. It doesn't overpower the beer there. Um, it doesn't finish near as dry as uh, our seltzer over there. Um, that being said, Mary, I'm going to throw you under the bus. You're going to rate first. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel squished already. Zero to four. Uh, zero to four. I think it's done really well. I, what I like about this one is that the sourness is not vinegar. Yeah. It's easy to drink. It's very mellow on your palate. I smell chocolate. Yeah. It, okay. I think the marshmallow is coming through and uh, uh, mimicking chocolate when it mixes with that blueberry. I can see that. Yeah, but it's it's pretty darn delicious. So what are you what are you doing? Zero to three seven five. I think three seven five. Yeah. Okay. It's a nice like little that. sour. It is a nice little sour. I, I'll go along with you. I, I like the point that you made about it not like being vinegary, or it's not. Uh, this isn't a jaw clenching sour. Correct. I think a lot of people get scared of sour stuff. Had a couple where it like clenches the back of your jaw, and there's a place for those. Mm-hmm. I enjoy those uh, when they're made well. This one is not one of That's those. That's not it. Mm-mm. It is more on the sweet end, um, but, but not I mean, oversweet. Not over. Correct. It, it is well balanced. I enjoy this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go as high as three seven five. I'll go. I'll go three four. I enjoy it. Uh, I am sub- like happily surprised about how the marshmallow has played in there. Right. Um, and yeah, this is something I'd go back to. Uh, well, if I could. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't anymore. <laughs> um, so tell us your thoughts as the brewer. Uh, is this perfect? Is this exactly what you intended? So as far as intentions go, yes. Uh, it's it's When we say sour when it comes to craft beer, it's nothing like a Jester King beer. It's not going to eat the enamel off your teeth. It's yeah. not going to just you know dry out your you know your, the back of your throat, uh, right. which there's a time and place for those beers, and I enjoy those beers as well too. But as a, as far as a kettle sour, a fruited kettle sour beer goes, yeah. I think we I think we I think we nailed that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, agree. Still, I'll go three three, three three. Yeah. Okay, so what would you do to make it better? Higher alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> then would it be an imperial sour? I mean, it probably pretty much is now. Huh? It's six eight. Yeah, yeah, it if is. If I can get that thing up to eight percent, then that'd be. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close this, this, uh, this segment out with a question for you, um, which because Jake's not here, so Jake doesn't believe that imperial porters are a real thing. James Carlisle Brewer at Ingenious, uh, or formerly of Ingenious, is imperial porter a real thing? It is if you believe in it. Ah, and take that, Jake. And I believe Good in answer. it. Good answer. I yeah. believe in it, yeah. You believe in it? Have you brewed an Imperial Porter? Uh, we have an, uh, a peanut butter versus jelly uh, Imperial Porter, which is like 8.9%. Oh. Uh, it drinks like five, and it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay, so if we ever get a hold of some of those, or if you have some, can we drink them together with Jake? Of course. And and, and belittle him, him yeah. on how it is a real style? No, so, I mean... You, you, know, can, you can. You don't have yeah. to belittle him. I will. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's it's our relationship. I'll leave, I'll leave that up to you. It's but, our love language. But yeah, you know, it's you know, beer is all perception. You know, it's it's it's, yes. it's what it is. You know, it, it's everyone's palate's different. That's why it's so fun. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why that's why we never run out of content, man. Uh, because there's always tons of cool beer, always tons of cool people to drink it with. Uh, man, I can't thank you enough for taking time on a Sunday to come out here and hang out with us. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, then we're gonna come back. We've got uh, what four or five more, four more, four more ingenious beers mm-hmm. to drink with Mr. James Carlisle when we come back. Hot tub beer fans, are you looking to buy, sell, or lease a home with or without a hot tub? 
Hugh Height, the Texas Beer Realtor, is who you need to call to help with all your real estate needs. Hugh knows hops and Hugh knows houses. That's TXBeerRealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Welcome back, sir. So, uh, Mary... Mary is doing her Mary thing. Mary is out. Uh, Mary's being Mary. Mary's being Mary. <laughs> Mary's Mary's one of the most popular people I've ever hung out with. You go go somewhere in a the crowd. There, there's, there's somebody going to stop her. Well, when you slang good beer, yes, yeah, she's definitely put her. You talk about we we talked about earlier putting her mark on the uh, Houston beer scene. Uh, she has definitely put her mark on the Houston beer scene. Oh yeah, we are uh, we're getting into something new. Yeah. Okay, so Franken Froyo. This is you. You want to tell me about this beer? Uh, so, uh, milkshake style hazy IPA. Okay. Uh, lactose, and it's based off of again another cereal beer release. This is the the Frankenberry. Okay. Uh, uh, Froyo it was our was our house uh, term for uh, uh, milkshake IPA. So it does have lactose in it, like I said. Okay. Uh, and then uh, this one is, uh, I believe it's strawberry and marshmallow. Yes, so, so strawberries and marshmallow. Good, eight percent. Uh, New England double IPA. Welcome back, Mary. I'm back. Uh, so we poured you some Frank and Froyo. I'm doing some shopping. Sorry, don't tell anybody. No, that's that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody it's knows the market. That. Did you talk yeah. about the market? I haven't talked about the market completely yet. Okay. Um, the yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more. the The hardcore listeners should know. All five of them should know where I'm at when I'm recording right now. Um, Jess, did you want some Frank and Froyo? So, yeah. I know you're off mic, but we're not going to make you off beer. Um, so, tell us, lactose in a hazy IPA. What is the lactose going to do to the IPA? So, it is going to make it sweet. Okay. Uh, so, lactose is an unfermentable sugar. It's uh, milk-based. So, if you are lactose intolerant, I'd probably stay away from uh, from this one. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll fart it out by the time I get uh, home. I'll be good. Just be careful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is actually uh, you know it's 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 uh, it's essentially our uh, our double splat recipe, which is a double IPA as well too. It's about okay. eight and a half percent, and then this one uh, is going to come out around eight because of the fruit uh, addition of the the fruit and the marshmallows in there. Um, but just a hazy IPA with a little bit of lactose adds a little bit of sweetness, which I feel like you need that sometimes with strawberry. Yeah, because strawberry. To me, isn't necessarily a, a, a sweet fruit, um, as like say like the the, 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 the blueberry we had previously. The, yeah. All those fruits to me are super sweet to begin with. Yeah. So, uh, in order to help kind of accentuate some of the strawberry character, uh, if it's still in there, uh, uh, we right. add a little bit of lactose to kind of help accentuate the, the strawberry flavor. If, if the nose is anything, it's still in there. Okay, I like I, whether whether I like this beer or not. I yeah, would tell so you right. like the. The nose brings me back to being a kid, and it's that uh, the strawberry quick. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what this beer taste so smells like. With with the lactose in it, I get like the leftover the leftover milk. Oh yeah, yeah, like the, the cereal milk. Cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's kind of what I always got out of it. I smell the cereal. Yeah. All right, so we talked about you, James Carlisle, the man, the myth, the legend, right here in, in my own mind, right. Hey, you know, in your own mind, this is hot tub beers. It's uh, there's no humility. Uh, it's it's on the recording. It's it's truth. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about Ingenious. Tell us the Ingenious story. How'd you get started there? And tell us how things went while you were there. Uh, so I actually uh, got hired uh, 
essentially on the spot when uh, Justin and Mike found out that I had gotten fired from Whole Foods. Okay. <laughs> There's a story. Uh, I, had gotten, I had gotten let go from Whole Foods uh, along with a few other coworkers at the time uh, and uh, on a Friday. And on a Saturday, Justin had messaged me on Facebook, said, hey, you know, I'd like to have you come out and check out the place. Uh, see if possibly you'd be a good fit. You know, we've been kind of seeing some of your work come out of Whole Foods, and we were honestly going to try to poach you anyway. So okay. uh, I said, okay, yeah, well, let me drive out there. And, and so living in Rosenberg, the first thing I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to drive all the way out to Humble. Um, it's the same amount of time, not miles, same amount of time to get to Ingenious as it took me to get to Whole Foods and the Galleria because okay. of the Galleria traffic. Right. So, uh, you know, depending on what time I went into work, if it was 6 a.m. to, you know, start a brew day, I was on the road by 5.15. I was there by 6. 45 okay. minutes is not a long time. No. Um, and if I'm out of there by 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm, I'm home in an hour. Yeah. So, I was like, okay. That's a good day. Uh, yeah. So, I was like, ah, it's not that bad. And, you know, I listen to podcasts and you know, all that stuff. So, you know, I put on, put on radio. and You, you know, can I, put on hot tub beers. Yeah. And, I mean, I have kids at home, too, so it's my quiet time. There you go. So, good. you know. Uh, and a lovely wife. So, yeah, it's my, it's my, it's my quiet time. It's when I'm in the car. Uh, I don't get road rage like that one does. Uh, <laughs> she gets it for me when I'm the one driving. Nice. You know? um, but, yeah, so I went over there, and um, they, they uh, had, had basically been in operation for about a year at the time. Okay. And um, uh, essentially offered me a, a, a job right then and there uh, and kind of told me that they were, they were looking to come after me anyway and, and I, you know, I told him I'd go back and talk to my wife and see if it made sense for you know our family. And uh, I finally accepted a job on Monday, uh, and then uh, I started two weeks later and was there every Monday through Friday for the last five years. Yeah. So loved it. Loved it. That's good. You know. Well, uh, obviously the relationship was good because you you were telling me when you first got here you're still there helping them clean it up and clean it out. Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine if the relationship hadn't been good, doors shut, you're going to get the hell out of there. Uh, but these guys you feel still formed a relationship with, they still loved your beer. Um, so tell us about that evolution of your relationship with them and Ingenious Beer. How did that evolve? Yeah. So, I mean, with, with Justin and Mike uh, essentially being my bosses, you know, the owners of the company, um, they're, 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 they're more like really good friends now. Um, We've we've traveled together. We've hung out outside of work together. You know, birthdays together, Easter together. You know, so like they're just really good friends, and yeah. that's what made it so damn easy to to make that drive up there every day is because I knew who I was working for, truly believed in what it is we were trying to do. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, you're going to have you know a high level quality of employees, and so with that you know kind of mentality going into it, you know, we, I was able to kind of help put in place people that I knew were going to have the same kind of mentality to work for me uh, coming in there and help them flourish. Um, as far as uh, the beer goes, I mean, it was kind of the same thing. We were, you know, five five years ago, it was the start of the hazy IPAs. And I think, uh, unfortunately, I think we finally figured out about a year and a half ago how to really make them really good. And, that <laughs> worked. you know, one of the things that Justin always tells me, he goes, it fucking sucks because our, you know, our beers are top notch right now. And yeah. we're having to do this right at the peak of where I feel like, you know, the beers have been the best they've ever been since the doors opened there. Okay. Um, but, you know, the evolution of like, you know, I guarantee they never thought of making a, a, a seltzer. Okay. You know, 
they, they, you know, they were, they were. Justin was really weary on doing kettle sours and and, and scared of uh, you know contamination of the of the brew house. And we were able to you know basically you know tell him like, hey, we've got it. It's not going to happen. You know, because yeah. you hear horror stories of brewers infecting their brewery and they can't make a normal beer anymore because it all is infected. Uh, so we were able to dial in a lot of processes in order to assure the quality of our beer was going to be that of which Justin and Mike wanted. Yeah. And so that, I think that's, uh, that's, that's where we were trending. That's where we were going. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all coming to an end. <laughs> yeah, and, it, it, and, and I wanna, I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I, we'll close out this segment with, you know, how it's coming to an end. But you have, as a head brewer, from an outside perspective, seem to have free reign to be as creative as you'd like to be. And how has that been able to, like, that that free range to be able to do that in a brew house, how has that allowed you to grow as a brewer? Well, first off, it gives you a shit ton of confidence to know that people that actually yeah, have your perfect. back and believe in you. And whenever you come to them with ideas or even when other employees would come to me with ideas, like, hey, maybe we should try this. I'm like, okay, well, let me, let's figure it out. And when I go to Justin and Mike, they're like, yeah. Yeah. Why are you even asking? Like, we know you're going to be able capable of doing it. Which may not have been, like, the first, you know, first year that I was there, they might not have believe that or thought that and maybe they had hoped for it yeah but it you know it progressed into that it's where you know having ultimate you know confidence in in uh from you know your, your bosses your owners uh your co-workers you know that's 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 worth thousands right there man yeah were there any mainstay beers that you enjoyed that were consistent ingenious releases that maybe that because i don't know from a consumer we just kept seeing these revolving creative styles of beer, right. and it was hard to see the same thing twice. Was there some that you saw that were consistent in the tap room? So it may not have been the exact same beer, but we had uh, consistent styles. Okay. So you would come in one day, and you would see double splat, 8.2% New England-style hazy IPA yeah. uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the draft list. Uh, El Dorado, Citra, Mosaic. Um, it might have been either like a little bit of Eureka hops in there as well, too. Uh, but then you'd come back a month later, and it wouldn't be on, but you'd have C800, which is a New England-style 8.2% IPA, all Citra. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you would have constant styles. Or if, during, like, you know, certain, uh, certain times of the year, uh, you know, just past October, November, you have Harvest Haze, which is an 8.1% New England-style IPA. Okay. With uh, all, basically, fresh-cropped, uh, you know, hops. Uh, so there would always be something in that style range that you would be able to come in and say, at least I want a double IPA, well, we got you. Yes, okay. It may not be the same one you had two weeks ago, but right. we got a style that's, that's right up your alley that you'll probably enjoy. Yeah. And each time it's like, oh my God, this one's even better. Oh my God, this one's even better. Oh my God, this one's even better. Do, do you have a favorite one that you brewed while you were there? Double Splat's probably my favorite beer. Okay. Double okay. Splat is probably hands down my favorite beer. And we just sold like the last case of it. Friday. <laughs> so so you're done with I'm it. I'm out of it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'll say this as a consumer. My favorite thing that came out of Ingenious was your Pilsner series. Okay. Where it was, it, it had a different hop. Citra, there pills, cit- yes. mosaic pills. Yes. I thought those were beautiful beers. Most recently, probably my favorite out of that series was uh, recently, especially because of the branding. If uh, no one yes. knows, I'm a huge Astros fan, uh-huh. but uh, Houston Hellas. Okay. Uh, was uh, was one that I was really really happy about, um, and we, again we tried to keep uh, you know some of those styles on. You gotta you have to have something for everybody. You know you gotta have yes. sours. You gotta have stouts. You gotta have seltzers. You gotta have light lagers. 
So there was always something that was going to be on, you know, as far as those styles go. One of the funny things is, is when I first started there, um, Justin, uh, you know, we have big production meetings with the taproom management and, and myself and, and owners uh, every week. And uh, after my first month there, Justin was like, all right, so what we're going to do from here on out is we're going to give you a 10 barrel fermenter to do whatever the hell you want to. Okay. Uh, and just brew whatever you want. 10 barrels of it. And he's like, do you have any ideas for the first beer you want to do? And I said, absolutely. I want to brew a Kolsch. Okay. And everyone in the tap room, or the tap room place were like, wait, what? A Kolsch? Like, we're, we're ingenious, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, and I, I was like, you know, I, I was kind of arrogant about it, but I was like, guys, one of the first things that I got uh, kind of heard about Ingenious when I first uh, started here is the reason why we gloop beer so much, and gloop is our term for adjuncting and all that stuff, is because y'all can't brew a, a, a decent base beer. Okay. And you have to add all this stuff into it to hide the fact that you can't. I want to show them that we can't. So I want to brew a Kolsch. I like that. And Justin said instantly, he goes, I like it, do it. Mike, the other owner, was like WTF. I've been asking to brew a Kolsch for the last year that we've, <laughs> that we've been open. And, so he finally found his soulmate in you. And That's Ju- good. And Justin's reply was, I had his Kolsch at Whole Foods. It's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So that became Hall Pass. Okay. And yeah, Hall Pass actually is a, is a really important one to me. It's the first ever uh, canned uh, production beer I've, I've ever done. Because at Whole Foods, I was only draft. Okay. So Hall Pass was the first canned, like professional canned beer I ever Nice. And people, every, every time I talk about it, you're like, oh my God, I love that beer. Really? Like, good. Good. So we made a statement. So, you know. So can, can, can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, so, that's why you have a microphone. I know. Mary. Well, you know, I'm a little microphone shy over here. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that um, I admire about Ingenious is being able to do these adjunct beers and every one of them are quality and then turning around and doing a Pilsner or doing a Kolsch, and they're all quality. So for us, that's what I'm looking for. We may not like the beer because it's not a style we like, but the beer is always on point as far as what you say it's supposed to be. I appreciate that. Whenever uh, people would come in and be like, oh, what is this beer with uh, bananas and strawberries, and it's a sour taste like, it tastes like sour bananas and strawberries. <laughs> like, what? Are you being a smart ass? I'm like, no, here's a sample. Like, oh my God, it tastes sour, but strawberry and banana. Yeah. Like, just freaking t- yeah, so the beer is what the beer is. Yeah. yeah. So believe what it says. So if it's, it's you, know, I, you know, at heart, I guess we're all traditionalists when it comes to brewing mm-hmm. beer. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we, at the same time, we're habitual line steppers over there. We like to kind of push that line and, and see how far we can get with doing these crazy adjuncts and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I truly enjoy just making a good IPA or good West Coast IPA, good lager. Hell yeah, uh, dude. You know. yeah. Well, you said it. You do it, and you do it in a quality way so that when it hits the market or it hits our taste buds, it's exactly right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So, well, we're going to determine whether it's exactly right right now. Okay. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna do some Frank and Froyo, and let's let's go ahead and rate it. So we, we when we started talking about this beer, we said it reminds uh, cereal milk, the strawberry quick, uh, things of that nature. It it I will say this, and I have raved about ingenious beers. I have criticized ingenious beers. I have never said they're not as advertised. Every oh, single yeah. one is as advertised, mm-hmm. absolutely. Correct. And this one hits the same way. For me, the. Marshmallow and the strawberry overshadow the bitterness of the IPA uh, a little bit. I would I would particularly like the the bitterness to come through a little bit more, but I get it. The lactose and the strawberries kind of tone that down. It is 
it's a cereal milk beer. It, it, it really is. For what it is, it is, it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I would just be curious about... This is one where I feel like I don't taste the IPA underneath it as much, uh, which I'd be curious about. That being said, it's still a good beer. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be the guy that's on Untapped as like, uh, you know, this is a phenomenal example of a stout, but I don't like stouts one star. <laughs> right. um, I, I, <laughs> Those fun people. I, yeah. Beautiful people, all of them. Um, I'm, I'm going to go three, 3.3 repeating. Three and a third. I, I think this, I, I, I enjoy it. I think it has a phenomenal place. I think this is something that's easy to sell. I think it's something that's easy to share with friends and have a good time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's beer worth talking about, beer worth sharing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I agree with you. Um, the strawberries and the marshmallows are the star of this particular show yes. with a little bit of a support group on the back with the IPA. Right. Um, it's exactly what you said it is. <laughs> I like I like how you describe it as a support group. Yeah. Uh, beer. Yeah. Beer is in its own uh, support group. I like it. Um, I, I think it's a real challenge and risk to do that. Okay. Um, but that's what Ingenious is about. And you pulled it off. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'd go. I'd go 3.5. 3.5 yeah. on that? Based on... It is what it says it is. It is clean. It does what it's supposed to do. All right, James. You're up. So my biggest, uh, not so much complaint, just something I don't necessarily like too much about this beer is that strawberry tends to make it look brownish, a little bit darker in color. So it could also be very, very, it's, it's almost visually unappealing with the strawberry, with the color of the strawberry going into the hazy IPA. See, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you on that one. Like, because to, to me, it looks like cereal milk. Yeah. Like it's I mean, as advertised. Right. But when you say hazy IPA, I want something opaque and, and correct. And like, correct. You know, orange, From that perspective, and yellow, yes. And, and it actually almost it almost gives off a, a you know a, a visual of it being oxidized, which it's definitely not. Uh, you know, that's that's my caveat uh, to it. That and then I feel like I get a little of the uh, like the strawberry core on the back end, which I wish okay. there would probably be a little bit more lactose to kind of help hide that so i'll go three on it three on that yeah okay nice you know i picked up a little bit of chocolate again in this when the fruit and the marshmallow mix yeah. in the very beginning did you yeah did. i did yeah i'm not i'm not i'm gonna, I'm gonna let you talk I'm, I'm gonna see how strong the power of mary's suggestion is so i'm gonna let you talk about it next time and see if i like magically start tasting what you're you're tasting because <laughs> i haven't tasted chocolate in anything right uh i smelled it i you smelled, smelled it? it yeah this one, this one, you better taste chocolate in. You better, uh, <laughs> you better, or, yeah. or you miss the market. Or, or yeah. Everything that I just been talking about is goes down the down the drain. So we smell chocolate. We're gonna go one more beer in this in this segment. We're going stout chocula. Okay, so this is a milk stout. So we're sticking with the lactose, chocolate, and marshmallows. We're gonna be lactose and marshmallowed out. Uh, yes. By the end of this episode, but I don't, I don't care. I don't care. We're having a good like time, the right? Stay puff marshmallow man. Correct, and, and, and with ingenious, and I'm I'm glad we had these beers, right? Because these are the type of beers that Ingenious is known for, right? I didn't want to come in and have the type of beers that I like that Ingenious brews with Ingenious. I want to have the type of the beers that everybody else likes mm-hmm. uh, and kind of get those in the in the system and get those rated. So we're going, we're, oh, 10%. I didn't realize it's that big. Imperial Milk Style. Y'all don't have ass shit over there at all, do you? No, we're going, yeah. we're going big alcohol. Yeah. All right, so. Jessica? We're talking about Ingenious. We're talking about how you developed that relationship with those guys. They helped you evolve as a brewer a lot because they gave you confidence in your ability to just say, hey, listen, James, this is yours. Let's have some fun. Let's brew a Kolsch, even though it's not an Ingenious thing. Uh, Let's do it. Now, 
<laughs> we're talking as we're talking. The doors are shuttering. You're working on cleaning it out and and uh, throwing things away, selling things, getting everything where it needs to be before you can completely get out of the building. Yeah. What, in your opinion, went from the high of ingenious to the point of where it's at now? So the highest of the highs was, I would say, right before COVID. Um, okay. Uh, our uh, our accountant can uh, can attest for it, but that place essentially printed money uh, up until that point. Okay. Uh, during the COVID shutdown, uh, you saw a lot of uh, you know local camaraderie between other breweries uh, and people who still wanted our products coming by to do uh, you know pick up curbside orders. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the things that led us to where we are right now was the fact that during that shutdown, um, at the time we were using a mobile canning company, uh, American Canning out of Austin. And so they would drive in once a month to can our product. Well, during that time, uh, you know, for those few months, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't doing it. Okay. So it was, uh, you know, and a lot, of, uh, a lot of our bars that we were selling to, unless they were selling, you know, 51% more food, they weren't allowed to be open as well, too. So a lot of those draft accounts that we were trying to sell beer to as well weren't able to pick up our beers. So we were kind of forced at the time, Tim, to play our hand, and we had to purchase our own canning line. Okay. And in doing so, allowed us to get our beer out into retails, you know, HEBs, specs, total wine. Um, and we signed with a distributor as well, too, that helped get us into the Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio markets. Okay. Uh, which at the time was, was really good because people were outside of the Houston area were finally get our, uh, able to get their hands on our beer and, and loved it. And our distro was actually up about 15% since COVID. Oh, wow. Uh, but in saying that, we essentially shot ourselves in the foot because with the availability of our beer being as close as uh, even out to where I live. I can stop by the HB my, by my house and there's four or five brands of ours on the shelf. Okay. If someone were a consumer, you know, and I'm also a consumer as well, but say I didn't work at Ingenious and I didn't have it available, availability for it just to bring home myself or from the tap room, I would just drive the 10 minutes to my HEB and buy it from there. Okay. Essentially what that means is that our tap room sales dropped 70% every year since COVID. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So in return, what we had to do in order to sustain, you know, employees even, we had to increase their pay because tips were, were falling off because people weren't coming in to purchase beer at the tap room and tip them out. So we had to increase their salary and essentially just came to a point to where it had snowballed to where we just, we weren't showing any profit anymore because the tap room sales were down so low. Wow. Uh, Distro was killing it. Distro was doing really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you increase fifteen percent year over year, that's that's a good sign. But when yeah. you're dropping seventy percent of your sales in the tap room, it's just so if you if you're going to survive as craft beer, you're going to have to have a significant tap room presence. You need you need asses and seats. Yeah. yeah. So, and we tried to do you know we tried uh, Casey, who was one of our tap room managers, uh, right up until we closed. Uh, he he he's he would spend weeks and weeks just racking his brains on like trying to come up with really cool events to do. Okay. Um, uh, just try to find ways to get people to come in, and a lot of them were would do really well. But you know, when you go from you know essentially before COVID making twenty five thousand dollars on a Saturday and Sunday to making eight thousand dollars the entire week that you're open, that's a that's a big that's a big hit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But. Uh, 
yeah, man, we uh, we we tried to exhaust every option we possibly could as well too to to try to save the save the place. Um, you know, but with property taxes being so high out there as well too, and uh, all the other taxes that they're kind of coming up with since COVID, just it just wasn't. It just it was better to just go ahead and just sell off all the equipment yeah. and try to get out from underneath it. And so, about two or three weeks ago, y'all had the last weekend open, right? Yeah. Okay. So, how was that? Tell me about the vibe there. Tell me about the people that showed up. Okay. Uh, so that's that's what's kind of funny though. So when we announced it uh, on, I believe it was uh, Christmas Eve. I think Justin Jerfy made a final post about it. Okay. Uh, and I kind of like was forcing him to do so because I my phone was not was would not shut up. My phone was constantly going off. People were asking questions. Why? 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 I'm like, and I just would stay away from it. And uh, so Justin finally made the announcement. But since that announcement, uh, those last two weeks, I think we made close to about eighty thousand dollars. Mm. And people were coming in. They're like, what do you mean no one's coming into your tap room? It took me 10 minutes to get a beer. I'm like, well, where were you before this past week? It's (laughs) it's been like 16 months or so, like, you know, two years. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. there you go. Well, I can just get it at my store now. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But as far as, you know, just the the environment, uh, seeing those last couple of weeks, the people knowing that we were essentially going to be going away, uh, is you had those people who you maybe hadn't seen in a year or two coming out and just being like, I'm sorry, I appreciate the hell out of what you do, you know, and and you saw a lot of familiar faces. Yeah. I think the last night that we were, last day that we were open was the 6th. I think me and my wife got home at 4 a.m. because we just didn't want to leave. Yeah. She was like, you have fun, you do your thing, babe. And yeah. we were, we were, we were, we were up on dancing on tables in there in the tower. Oh, yeah. We were just going off. It was, it was a hoot. It was a lot of fun, man. It was That's a lot of fun. Cool. So we, we went out with a bang. Good. good, good for y'all, man. So. Good for y'all. And in the Houston area, you you think um, I don't know. There, there's going to be an ingenious shaped hole uh, in the Houston area there for for what it was because your fans. I, I feel like your fans were phenomenal. They were crazy fans right. about y'all. Right. They're right? looking for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely looking for it. Um, as a whole, I saw that at one point because I got addicted to that Tavor app for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I was spending much too much as, as money on it. Yeah. I had to I had to log off and delete it. Uh, uh, I, but I did see. Correct me if I'm wrong. I saw some ingenious beer on there. Yeah. Okay. So expanding and getting outside of the Houston market. How did that work for y'all? Uh, well, that worked really well, especially when you start going doing in collabs with uh, you know the Answer and uh, Oozle Finch and and, and and Pizza Boy and. And, uh, you know, Burning Barrel out in California, Southern Prohibition in Mississippi. Like, you start mm-hmm. doing those collaborations. Uh, and another thing that helped us a lot, too, is this was also during the time, right before COVID, this was, this was the time of beer fests. Everyone was having these crazy, huge beer fests. And uh, so we were actually, you know, we were invited to a lot of them because of our rankings on Untapped. Okay. Uh, you know, breweries were, were finding, like, well, people were, were, were shuttling our beers. You know, we were right there by the airport. So people leaving out of town or coming into town, their first or last stop was going to be ingenious. Every yeah. weekend, you'd see people walk in there with luggage. And you're like, cool. Let me, can I get single cans of like everything that you have on tap? I'm going back to you know, this state, and I'm going to just go and share it with all my friends. Next thing yeah. you know, a month later, it's because that one guy walked into a brewery. That brewery's now contacting you. I'm like, man, these beers are fucking awesome. We're doing a beer fest you know, this month. They'd hook us up with their, their in-state distributor. Wow. Okay. And we'd sign a one-year contract with them, and then we would able. To, we, we were at one point. We were in eight different states. We were in uh, uh, Europe, Australia, Japan. Wow. Yeah. 
That's crazy. I would never dude. pay for one of our beers in Japan, though. I think it ended up being like $21 a 16-ounce can. <laughs> oh, no shit. Wowza. Yeah, really? Yeah, U.S. dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. But like, I, but it'd be cool because like, you'd scroll through your Instagram, and I have all the uh, ingenious hashtags on my Instagram, so it, it, it would show those posts, and it would all be in Japanese writing. I'm like, yeah, and I hit the translate button on the, you know, because our phones are so smart, they can do that. Yeah. Hit the translate button, and it would say, that this, basically, this beer was amazing. And it was an IPA that took three months to get there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, but the companies so that we were using were all refrigerated reefers and all that stuff. So, so they're the taking care of it on the way out there. Of. Um, and at the end of it, they would rate it, you know, 4.5 out of 5. This is great. And uh, Oh, so they're obviously not on the 4.0 scale. No, they're not, yeah. Ah. Well, I think they are. They are. That's just how good it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so they, they broke the scale. Yeah. Mm. They tipped it in, yeah. in our favor. Yeah. Uh, but social media was a huge, huge, uh, huge factor in, in the success of that brewery. Yeah. Uh, that location to the airport, I guess, was the only good thing about that location. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that people want to, like I said earlier, want to share these beers. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's human nature. That's part of the fun of all of this stuff is that uh, you, you try something unique. You try something different. Yeah. You want to share it. You want to get it out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the part of the formation of this podcast right like just sitting in the hot tub drinking these big barrel aged beers but they're not as fun unless I got somebody sitting next to me to talk about yep. the bad ideas back and forth and then get drunk and let the conversations run off the rails <laughs> yeah that's so, yeah, uh, like my, so my beer fridge besides my Michelob Ultra uh, there was probably about 20 bottles of our stouts in there that I'd have because I'm not going to you know my wife's not a big stout drinker so I'm not going to open a 500 ml bottle of stout by myself right yes and oddly enough the, the, the crews that I kind of run with I'm like my best friends my brothers uh, their knowledge of craft beer is, is just from me yeah. they're not they're not going to go run out and go to the next you know crazy craft beer release out of yeah. another brewery they know craft beer because of me so again when they come over they bring over their Michelob Ultras and their Ranch Waters and stuff yeah and uh, they loved they loved up my, my beer but uh it was uh, anytime I was able to share some of that stuff with them, they're like, "This yeah. is insane." Yeah, yeah, so. that's cool, man. So we're gonna come back to Stout Chocolate here, our Imperial Ten Percent uh, Stout with chocolate and tons of marshmallows. Dude, I'm gonna. I'm I gonna smell go chocolate. Back to, <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, so that's right. I'm gonna go to you first, Barry. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me what you're smelling, what you're tasting. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. And, and it's funny that I picked up chocolate and all those others, but this one clearly is chocolate. Yeah. And um, you were talking about in the, the previous two how it tasted to you like the cereal milk from cereal. This tastes like Cocoa Puffs to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This, yeah. Is, this is the definition of a beer that can go on top of Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree mm-hmm. with you. I was thinking Cocoa Pebbles. But same same concept, same, same con- yeah. yeah, yeah, same, same family, yeah, yeah, same family. It is it. You know what surprised me about this one that I really enjoyed? I was expecting the body to be a lot heavier, but it's it's somewhere between to me a porter and a stout. Like it's it doesn't, it, it is balanced. It doesn't hit like heavy. I'm not weighed down by this mm-hmm. beer. It's not super filling. Um, it, it, it's uh, this is one where. I'm not a huge fan of lactose in the beers, but this is one where I think the lactose was done well enough to where it doesn't it doesn't weigh down the beer. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah is is there? It lightly sweetens the chocolate, which mm-hmm. which I think is is great because hey, chocolate you can if you don't sweeten it, I think it doesn't come out as much. Right. right. That does a good job of it without 
you know, putting too many curves on her body right there. There you right? go. Right? There you go. Not that that's curves. a bad thing. Yeah, because yeah, I love yeah. them. Yeah. But in a beer, for that beer, I just wanted it to be a little bit more softened. That it does. Yeah. It's it's really nice. I enjoy it. Um, it does follow along with the the. Agreed. The the uh, cereal milk. It does motif that we got here. It does and again as advertised. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna go a little bit higher than the Franken, the Franken Froyo, right? Uh, just because I can still taste that stout that's underneath there, and I like that stout that's underneath there. Yeah. I I, I still I get the chocolate and the lactose. Yep. But the roasted malt isn't gone, so there's still slight hints of that roast. There's still yeah. slight hints of that. Uh, Coffee that's in there. Um, I enjoy that. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three point six five on this one. Okay. I yeah. I, I enjoy it. This. This is something I'd come back to. This is something okay. I share. Um, you know what? I'd be really curious of. I'd be really curious to have the stout without the stuff in it. It's really good. Is it? Yeah. I, I bet it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Mary? I, I missed what you said. I said. I said I'd be curious about the stout that's underneath. Just oh, drinking it, oh. drinking it without it, the yeah, stuff in it. Yeah, and and that goes back to my commentary earlier. The base yeah. beers that you brew are solid, at least the ones that I have had so far. Good. This, I'm going to go the 3.8 on it. I really Eight. like it. I think it. I think it, it. If we could have kegs more in the future, we you know we'd sell this easily. Yeah, yeah, I yep. like it. Yeah, that, that you're right. I think that would be mm-hmm. a super easy sell yep. on this one. Yep. yep, it has been. Oh yeah, 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 in the case. Yeah, yeah, but it hadn't been on tap. I don't know that we've had it on keg. Maybe no. not this year, definitely, but maybe the previous years. Probably, but yeah, probably. There's there's many more stouts out there out there that are more sweet, more cloying than this one. This yeah. has got a really nice balance. Um, I don't mind the body at all. Uh, this is um, and it finishes slightly dry. It doesn't finish like right. too much sugar in my mouth. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'll uh, that dryness. I think also comes from the the, the cocoa powder. Because uh, it kind of okay. almost tastes nice. like if you had like a, uh, you know, you see like the videos of like the kids who like have like the Hershey's cocoa powder and they take a big bite of it and they're like, oh, what? you know, <laughs> like it has a slight hint of that, that cocoa good. powder still on the end. So for that reason right there, I'll go three, three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because yeah. you'd want to clean up the cocoa powder a yeah. little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I like that. Answer. I like it because it, it offers a little bit more dryness. Get, it takes yeah. away the it marshmallow. Definitely does. It definitely does. But yeah, I guess I'm all perception. Yeah. So. Yeah. I tell you, this 100%. this this uh, this episode is turning out to be fun. I, I'm enjoying every bit of it. Uh, I'm enjoying the beers. Uh, this is a step outside of my box, yeah. uh, but I'm I'm enjoying being outside of the box. So we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna jump back into my box a little bit because the last two beers that we have are uh, barrel aged beers. So oh, we're gosh. gonna we're gonna get into some barrel aged ingenious in just a minute. Are you looking for a house with a hot tub so you can be just like us? If so, you need to call Hugh Hype, the Texas beer realtor. He's a craft beer fan looking to help out his fellow hopheads any way he can with their real estate needs. That's Hugh Hype, txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Oh, that's funny. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers where we are uh, planning Adam's haircut. And so... We're we're at the uh, we're at the brush market now. This will be released post, uh, but you know if you're lucky enough to log on to the Brash Insta webpage when they're going to do Adam's haircut live, um, pretty cool thing that he's doing. Um, did a GoFundMe uh, helping a child with childhood cancer. Uh, pretty cool deal. 
Uh, Brash, I will, I will say this. In, in, uh, this, has, this has become like a home away from home for us over here, Brash. These guys have been super sweet, super kind, take care of us. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And now we're going to get into some barrel-aged stuff. So we've abandoned the lactose. But we do have a is Russian Imperial. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it is Russian Imperial, but we got oranges, more than a tomb full of oranges, vanilla, and marshmallow for the yummy mummy stout. Okay? Yeah. So tell us about this beer, James. So, I mean, we, we have, we, we've covered the stout. We've covered, you know, the sour. We've covered the IPA. So why not? You know, cover the the barrel aged, uh, you know, uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Um, Jessica, you want some? This one came a little bit later in the the series of the Halloween beers. Uh, reason being is because obviously it's barrel aged. You know, we want to find really good? good quality uh, barrels. And um, when we first, uh, you know, we're tasting barrels to decide what it is we could possibly do with said beer. What cereal could it possibly match up with? I forget. I can't recall which barrels these came out of, but they kind of already gave like an orange kind of like liqueur flavor. It said four roses on the can. Okay. Yeah. So we got a little bit of orange liqueur kind of flavoring out of it. And so that's what it kind of reminds me of. It's like those, those, uh, those little chocolate, uh, little chocolate liquor bottles. Mm -hmm. That's what it kind of reminded us of. Dude, how, how old is this beer? Do you know? Uh, Black Tab Can was this past year's release. This past year's release, so it would have been Halloween of 2023. How old would the beer in the barrel have been? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, because smelling this beer, dude, it is. Okay. That's one of my one of my deals with beer. It helps me fall in love with it. Like that that alcohol heat when it's been barrel aged. It's been barrel aged. I want to taste the barrel, right? I can smell the barrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, the barrel is singeing the nostril hairs. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of yeah. dig that, right? Yeah. So one of the things that we actually got really lucky uh, with that ingenious is that uh, well, you know we're really good friends with Marcus Baskerville. If I'm going to name drop the people right now uh, with Weathered Souls. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, we just had our correspondent do a report from there. And he uh, is a barrel magician, and in doing so, and not to discredit him on how well his barrel aged beers are, but you have to have a. Um, uh, a really good connection with a company who gives you good quality barrels. Okay. Uh, you know, not to say that you know you can't go to like Kentucky Barrel Company and get a Jack Daniels barrel and it not do good for you. But when you want the Four Roses, you want the Willets, you want the Elijah Craigs. You know, you kind of have to know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah. And because uh, uh, basketball is such a good good guy, uh, uh, we were able to get on that list and uh, start bringing in some of those really good quality barrels, um, which. In return, I think makes the beer even that much better. So, yeah, I would agree. I, I think this is if it's barrel aged, that's one of my deals. Like if it's barrel aged, like and and I'll say this: every beer that we pulled out, it's as advertised. This one included. If it's barrel aged, I put it to the nose, I can smell the barrel, and I think that's beautiful. I think that's mm-hmm. a beautiful part of the beer. Um, it's sticky. It is sticky. It is sticky. It is bringing you in. We're going to get more into the beer a little bit later. But I want to talk now. Okay, so the doors are closed. We're cleaning up shop. What's next? Where are we headed? Where are we walking in this post-apocalyptic, post-ingenious world with James Carlisle? Uh, well, I mean, the only uh, 
the only skills I have are brewing beers. <laughs> you, know, you know, I could go do a half-assed stand-up comedian somewhere. I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, you know, my my end goal is you know I've, I've made it. I made this my career. So my end goal is to land on another brew deck somewhere. Okay. You know, hopefully soon. So uh, I've talked to a few breweries uh, locally. Okay. Uh, one, I'm going to stay in Houston. Um, not because I want to, but because I have to. Anything you can talk about or no? Uh, I mean, this is not really much to talk about. Okay. You know, I've, 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 I've applied out a few that have been publicly posted to, yeah. to apply to. And I know that they're, uh, those places were extremely excited to see my resume across their desk. Yeah. Um, uh, haven't had any formal sit-downs and talks with those breweries. Okay. Uh, but there's been behind-the-scenes behind the talks with a couple of other breweries as well, too, that uh, could probably benefit from from me being there. Okay. Uh, so there's uh, the options are there right now. Nice. Uh, so we're just kind of waiting to see after all the dust settles. Uh, and I actually not want a job but need a job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll wait. Me and the wife will sit down and we'll talk about what's probably the best you know move for our family and then we'll go from there. In the in the meantime, what's life like? It's been hectic. It's been really hectic. It's been emotional. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's been extremely emotional, uh, and I think I've uh, as, as soon as I start to say that I think I'm pretty much all cried out. I can see my I can feel myself my eyes watering up again. But uh, it it sucks. Yeah. It fucking sucks. Yeah. So, uh, but <clears throat> at the same time though, uh, we've all talked about it. Um, employees you know spouses is that you know we've made some damn good relationships there yeah i've seen some i've seen first dates turn into first children first childs oh nice and done gender reveals at, in the tap room oh wow that's cool yeah. so i mean that's, that's like cool. you know and like you know they no longer live in houston but like there's some they're, they're just down there are genuine good people yeah uh, there's tons of memories there's you know all the traveling i was able to do that i never would have done you know at, you know at say whole foods or even before that's on my own I've, right. I've got to do a lot of traveling and got to meet a lot of really cool people man so there's the silver linings and all of it uh and i wouldn't trade the last five years for anything man hell yeah oh that's awesome man yeah. well and then the the footprint yeah there you go that's a good thing to cheers on cheers. absolutely and i think you know mary has her career and her draft shop i know i've got my career and i think you know you could tell the passion that you poured into yours when you pour something into that and you spend years of your life into it it becomes part of your personality it becomes part of who you are and when you reach those milestones and they change yeah it, it, it hits you in the chest yeah it's tough yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like a fucking ton yeah. of bricks it was uh, it was funny even uh, the last couple of weeks Justin uh, the owner was uh, you know he was uh, he kind of sat down and talked with me and he was like, "Here's going to be the one who's going to wear this on your sleeve the most." I, I I know it already. He goes, "And I understand how when someone's in that your kind of uh, state of mind can can uh, you know turn to maybe instead of two beers after work it turns into four or five. But he was like, "I know you live in Rosenberg." He's like, "I'll pay for you to Uber there and back every day if, nice. I, if I have to." And I'm like, "No, I'll 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 get it. I I got it under control." Yeah. So I just wait till I get home to like grow in my sorrows and just you know you know have yeah. yeah. So. But. It's been my experience that when that door slams shut, yeah. man, the biggest, the well, biggest and better doors open well, up. Well, what did uh, Jelly Roll just say? The reason, reason why the windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror is because what's in front of you is more important than what's in your past. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, percent. Uh, I'm just gonna go by that. Well, and I, th- I think it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but but the time that you spent in the genius and the effort that you put into it and the product that you put out into the community, and you know. 
across the nation, it should give you a bigger springboard to jump into something pretty nice. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the, same. I've, the people who have, who have asked, you know, the breweries that I talk to, uh, you know, my, my answer as, as of late or since they've been asking because I still have a job to complete. You know, my mom didn't, didn't, you know, didn't raise me like that. My yeah. mom raised me to, you know, if you, you have a job to finish, you're going to finish your job, mm-hmm. uh, finish it right, go out with your head held high. Yeah. And that's what I plan on doing. So once those door, once that, once that light switch gets turned off on the last day, then I'll start to talk to y'all. So whoever hires you, are you going to challenge the status quo? Are you going to come in there and bring in, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's no. probably the best way. No. Like, right, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say this and then have you scare other, but like, put your stamp on it. Put, put the create I mean, the creative beers that you've been creating all along. I would like some of that, some of that, uh, some of those challenges to present themselves. You know, after I've established myself at wherever I end up at. But yeah. my biggest thing is, I wherever I go, I want to take the success of that brewery and just help. Help, help move them forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Help, help continue to grow that. Uh, you know, obviously, if, if, if I'm going to be hired at a brewery, they're open. I'm not. Yes. <laughs> so they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's follow your success plan and see how we can build off of it from that starting point. I don't. There's not going to be like any like this is called ramp, re-ramp, revamp everything and and start all over from scratch. But yeah. you know, the breweries that you know that I've that I've been talking to are, are well established breweries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, breweries that I would, you know, out of all of them that I've talked to, and it's, it's been about four, uh, I would I could see myself working and striving in, at, at any of them. So as you as you move forward and and you're looking for a new yeah. brewery, yeah. is there any styles that you feel like you want some more growth in? Like maybe it's a West Coast IPA, maybe it's a a, a lager or a pilsner, or any of those styles that you feel like you could grow more as a brewer? Well, like I was saying earlier, if you're the smartest person in the room, find new friends. So, yeah. like, I don't feel like I know it all about any fucking style of beer. So, I mean, it, it, it's... Well, maybe again, cereal milk beers. And, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why I don't, I don't want to be known for that, though. You know, I don't want I to be known for like yeah, cereal. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. That's, what, that's the thing. That's why I tried to have such a wide variety of beers available at Ingenious. Uh, but I am no way in shape or form a perfectionist at any of them. Uh, so, like, my goal is to not only help make that brewery better, but to, for them to better myself as well. Uh, so, I mean, I definitely, you know, like I said, like, you know what I drink at home. Yeah. Uh, I won't repeat it without him right here. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I drink, I was telling him, I drink my, my house beer. It's Michelob Ultra. Oh. Well, I'm a Lone Star man myself. There you go. Uh, God bless you, Adam. Yeah. Adam just so, said he's a Lone Star yeah, man. He got, he's got his buckle on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I could I could see myself pretty much at any brewery in Houston and, and learning something from them. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't take her. Uh, she has some some earrings fall over. Yeah. It's quite windy today. It is. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, there's the, the the breweries that I've talked to too. Like my wife just kind of mentioned, she was like, they're all different. They are. You know, every brewery in Houston is different. That's why we. That's why we, we thrive so much. So, but I will say this: going back to the hole you mentioned about uh, the, the the ingenious size hole that will be up on the north side of Houston now right. is uh, when after we had made the announcement, uh, uh, we're really good friends with uh, with Deca. Okay. And uh, their accountant had uh, messaged them and like, have y'all been closed the last three days? And they're like, why? What are you talking about? Like, y'all aren't selling anything. I'm like, yeah, because Genius made this announcement two days ago. And everyone's been up at Ingenious. Um, 
example, within the last week or so, people are coming, going into deck and like, are you going to do anything like that up here? Because there's people here who just want that style of beer. Okay, that's interesting. Which is why I, you know, I I sold Adam, uh, you know, a a few, uh, you know, quite a bit of ingredients and stuff and whatnot for him to kind of dabble in it. um, and then he actually even has a, uh, two kegs of ours on tap right now. Yeah. Uh, just to, yeah, I uh, saw that post. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I told Adam, uh, or, uh, Cody that, uh, I'm an open book, man. If, uh, you have a question yeah. about how we did this or did that, just call me, just text yeah. me. Um, here's you know. an idea. Yeah. Guess Carlisle guest beer. On the deck of brewing system. Yeah. I mean, that, there's been talks of that, too. I think Melissa at Project Halo, they're coming up on their 100th beer, and she okay. asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. Oh, nice. I'm like, their 100th brew day. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know. And uh, uh, Cody and even uh, John at Newt Magnolia. Yeah. Have all reached out and been like, you know, if you ever, you know, are bored and want to come by... Uh, you know the, the 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 brewery that bought uh, our canning line is actually local as well too, and uh, they're like, uh, we might have to have you out to kind of like show us how to run everything. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. There's a dollar sign in front of that number, and then well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> James Carlisle is not Smart. for free, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No, Smart. this no. is he has bills to pay. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, just, we just bought a new car four months ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we get to oh buy, my get goodness! To buy another car, like in you know September, we have to buy another car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. I like your style, Adam. So, I'm gonna come back to Yummy Mummy. Right. This is uh, this beer is similar, and I don't I don't know if I should say this or not, but it is similar to an equal parts beer that I had not too long ago. Oh, interesting. I I don't know know what beer it is, but I take that as a very High compliment. So it's it's the they have their own uh, I want to say buried in space series that's barrel aged stouts. Yeah, uh, and they had an orange chocolate one, and it tasted like the you know those those oranges you kind of hit them they fall apart the chocolate oranges and they're dark chocolate and orange. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like they come out Christmas time. Yeah. Well, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like the little chocolate liqueur, chocolate. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some of them have orange liqueur in them. And that's kind of like what the, the idea behind it was. This is very similar to that. The right. only difference, I would say, this tastes more milk chocolate, and that one tastes yeah. more dark chocolate. Okay. So this one tastes a little bit more sweet. That one tastes a little bit more bitter. Uh, but I will I will say I love the barrel presence on this beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, mm-hmm. that, that heat balances out the sweetness that's in that beer. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. This is going to be my favorite one that we've had so far. You stole my description. Oh, sorry, sorry, Mary. <laughs> I mean, I apologize. I should let you talk first. Uh, just read the can. That's 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 all of our that's all of our review on it. Just read the description on the can. That's all of our review. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Is is as as far as the let, let's just go to the Halloween series that you that you came up with. Where does this one rank on there for you? Out of the four that we've had, yeah, yeah. yeah. Second. Second. Yeah. Okay. Second to what? Booberry. Booberry. Booberry's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not a. I'm not a big. I. I. I, I like. I like bourbon, uh, but I'm just not a huge barrel aged out guy. Okay. Which makes no sense. I know. Yeah. 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 But. You know. Oh, I, I love. I, if if I could drink them all day long without getting shit faced, that's what I would do. Same. I, I love the flavor. Same. Absolutely same. love the flavor. Bourbon neat. Mm. Uh. So yeah, it would be second behind that, followed by. 
Stout Chocula, and then Frank and Froyo last. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and rate this one because I, we have one more barrel-aged beer to get to before oh, we shit. get out of here. And the last one's a pint. Um, this is still going to be better than the day that uh, Vince was throwing around uh, cans of vulgar display of power. I mean, I can make it happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I'm, I'm going to rate this one pretty up here. I'm going to go uh, three eight five on this one. Wow. Uh, this this is out of my wheel bot, wheel wheelhouse, but I, I really enjoy it. The it is a little more sweet than I would normally do, but I like the the barrel presence on it. The barrel presence cuts into the sweet to me for yeah. a little bit. I like the orange in there. The orange doesn't overpower; it just kind of accents the the chocolate. I I really dig it. I really dig it. What do you think, Mary? I think you gave the perfect description a little while ago. Yeah. The, the orange, the crackable orange, the yeah. dark chocolate, yeah. And I think it's really hitting him if it's uh, if it's hitting his his wheel box. Yeah, his wheel, yeah. wheel box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wheel box, wheelhouse. In my box, out of my yeah. box. At this, when we start drinking the barrel aged stuff, there's no boxes. There's no boxes. There's no boxes. Oh, it's getting real here soon. Yeah. No, I smell chocolate. I taste chocolate. Yeah. I know it's it's not meant to be chocolatey like the Count Chocolate. Uh, what is this one? Yeah, uh, Stout Chocolate. Um, but it, it does everything you, you said it was going to do. It's a beautiful beer. Yeah. Yeah. So I do it at 3.8. All right. Where are you at? I go 3.7. 3.7? Yeah. Okay. Even though I don't. I that's, think, that's, that's a pretty good yeah. from the brewer. Okay. Yeah. So that last point three, what would you do? Make it higher ABV. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme here. Yeah. 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 I like that. Okay, so that's an interesting concept, right? It's so fourteen now. Yeah, yeah, higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we we've seen that that uh, I'm gonna crack this as we keep going, but we've seen that uh, high ABV thing kind of bounce back and forth, right? So we got uh, even at equal parts. I'm gonna talk about equal parts. They have that Sueño that's a session IPA that's only four point two percent, right? Right. All the way to these big badasses. So as a as a brewer, you feel. It, I like the statement that you made about the booberry because it's a high alcohol sour. You didn't want to feel like you're charging somebody six dollars a pint for a three percent beer. Right. That they wanted to get their bang for their buck. Do you think there's a market for, or there's a place for low alcohol beers in your wheelhouse or in your brewery? I mean, there is. Like we did, uh, like our, our my session IPA is five percent. Okay. <laughs> so. But it, Which uh, one is that? Is that the uh, Life is a Beach or the... No, it's uh, on, uh, on a Float. On a Float. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we did rate that one. Because somebody pointed out to us that that was you on the float right on the is, can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, uh, with, uh, me unknowing on all these labels, I never asked to be on any labels. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, you never asked to be on a label? Who, who made that decision? Justin. Justin did? Yeah. Is that yeah. the only label you're on? No, I'm on quite a few of them, unfortunately. So who is the artist for the labels? Uh, you know the guy who does this, Anthony Gordy. I have not met him, but yeah. Uh, he's the Beer Chronicle. Okay, yeah. He's a graphic designer, and he does he does all of our all labels for us. Good to know. Yeah. They're they're smart labels. That's, that's way too much. Yeah. Oh, they're, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. So, you can share it. Yeah. Share, share with Jess. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that uh, he actually taught us, because before that, Justin was doing our, our labels when he had downtime. Because well, no one who doesn't know this. Uh, Justin's a urologist, so he has a, a full-time career job. day job, like an actual job. This is just a passion project for him. Uh, 
And uh, he was doing the labels in his free time. And, but when Anthony started doing our labels, we he kind of taught us the, the concept of graphic design is that there's three sides to a can. So any 33% of that can that you turn, you should be recognizing the Ingenious brand on it. Okay. So, and then once you said that, like from here, I see Ingenious on every can that's facing Mary. But if I was standing in your position, you still see Adams, it. you would still be able to tell that it was an Ingenious beer. Yeah. So that's like, good. Oh, that yeah, makes, that that's makes tons of sense. Uh, there's a. Uh, that's a, why all the brash, brash cans just look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's brash. Is continuity. it black? Yes, it's yeah, brash. Yeah. It's continuity, though. That's, just, that's another yeah. thing, too. It's continuity. It so. sucks whenever you're in the cooler trying to find which beer's what. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this beer, Christmas bonus. Uh, let's talk about what's your favorite Christmas movie and why is your favorite Christmas movie National Lampoon's? Christmas vacation because it's fucking awesome. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's it's great. I, I love that that's in there. I love that uh, the boss is is uh, gagged and, and ready to give the Christmas bonus because Clark really needs his pool. Yeah, I don't want a Jelly of the Month club bullshit. No, no, fuck no. the fuck a Jelly of the Month. I want to check so I can. Yeah, make my, I my want pool. a pool with the lingerie girl yeah. store. Yeah, jumping yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So this beer. This might be the most complex of all the ones that we've had, okay? So we got Heaven's Hill Rye and Bourbon Barrels, okay? Hazelnuts, Cocoa Nibs, Vanilla Beans, and Gold Dust. Which I don't know if you can see. It's, it's, it's hard to see. Oh, yeah. And it's a dark beer. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. There's a... Uh, you, you could kind of yeah oh yeah look it's yeah. sticking to the sides of glasses. Twinkle, twinkle, bitch. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Glitter toilet. So tell tell us about the inspiration for this beer. So this beer, I think, was actually uh, originally brewed uh, in packaged in bottles. Uh, the uh, Christmas of December, or yeah, obviously December, uh, twenty twenty. And since uh, you know we we weren't uh, grossing that much after COVID, uh, Justin decided to uh, donate two of our higher-end barrels to the staff and for us to be able to pick all the adjuncts that go into it and all the proceeds. It was all sold in-house. All the proceeds would all then be divvied up amongst all the employees and for our, for our bonuses. Okay. Um, and so uh, we didn't do it the following year, uh, year before that, but we decided to do it this year. Uh, we did it in two packs, um, and same, same, same concept. So we got to, and we all just decided to stick with the same, same ingredients because we all liked it so much last uh, the last time. Um, and it's just, it just again, it just goes to show how 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 much uh, Justin and Mike truly gave a shit about the damn place. So yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the proceeds from this beer went to the Christmas went back, bonuses. Went right back the, to us, yeah. That's that's pretty badass, yeah. dude. So and they, they kicked in a little more, and they, they they allowed us to do raffles on the last day with like some of the artwork that we had hanging up in the in the brewery and all that okay. stuff. So it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty nice Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah! It sounds like you had good bosses. Not like Clark. No. Not like Clark, Clark Griswold. No. No. Yeah, he doesn't deserve to be tied up, tied and bowed up like that. But yeah. <laughs> That's hell yeah. So okay, the gold dust. Tell me about the gold dust. Is it the same concept as same the glitter? Concept. We just had some laying around. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you would call these companies and ask for like samples of stuff, 
and like when they I guess they do research and find out who we are they probably like they'd probably go ape shit with you know go ham with this stuff and here's a pound of it and it's like I only need like fucking you know three scoops for a 10 barrel batch so enough to show up and yeah. so we're like we've had it sitting around for, for a while and it doesn't go bad so we just threw it in there yeah so in this in this meantime when you're interviewing applying and the whole deal okay finishing up at the ingenious are you home brewing have you gotten back to it or no a mechanic never works on his own car ah okay yeah okay. so no uh, since the day I started Whole Foods I sold all of my equipment did you really yeah okay yeah cause it it wasn't a hobby anymore now it's a profession yeah okay so have you have you thought about when you get back on the system? What's the first thing that you're itching to brew? It depends on where I land. Okay, you know. So I'm, I'm, you want you want to hit the profile of wherever you're at. Yeah, yeah. Is there one like perfect scenario? You just here's here's yeah. a here's a ten barrel <laughs> brew system. We don't care what the fuck you do. Just make James Carlisle stamp on it. What what are you brewing? Hazy IPA. Hazy IPA. Yeah. Okay. What what is what is this hazy IPA going to taste like? Me. (laughs) 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 This just this podcast just got a lot more sexy. Uh, Big and bold, and you know, can a hazy be bold? Sure. Can it be big? Yeah. Okay. I was for eight point two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, we can also knock out. You know, we did we did C one thousand, which was C eight hundred's bigger brother, all Citra. Uh, ten and a half percent. Yeah, but it was, it was like a, it was a mouthful. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll say this, dude, and I've, I've really enjoyed this session. These are, uh, if we hadn't invited you on, these aren't normally beers that are pulled out of the case and, and tried. Uh, and so, as part of the fun of this podcast is meeting people, uh, meeting people that we wouldn't normally meet, uh, you know, on the side of the road. Uh, side of the road on a, in, a, in a normal beer session, right? And then trying their beers and getting a little bit out of the box. Yeah. Every single one of these beers has been uh, really well crafted to exactly how they're described. Solid. Right? And, and I think that's, a, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. I think a lot of people will produce these beers and put these beers out there. It's supposed to taste like this. Uh, and then you get weird stuff out of it. You've, you've done a really, really good job just from a consumer perspective for whatever mm-hmm. that counts. Yep. As when I taste that beer, what it says on that can is what I'm going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly what we want it to be. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And 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 I, ironically, I think that's that's not only yeah, that's that's not an easy thing. I don't think. No, no, but it's a fun thing. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you when you get comments like that uh, about your about your beers, and that's it's you know you're patting me on the back at that point. Yeah. And I appreciate appreciate yeah. the hell out of all y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, wherever you land, I'd like you to bring those pilsers back that you were brewing over at Ingenious because yeah. I thought those were pretty damn good. Yeah. Ingenious will be missed. It, it will be. It will be. And I think as of right now, I think like we even have the Ingenious fans page on Facebook, and it's the most traffic it's like it's been in probably four years. This, yeah. This uh, these past two months. Nice. So and we're gonna keep it open. We're gonna keep it open and going. Uh, I want people to be able to know where some of our employees are going. Sure. Uh, like you know, you know, I tell you all the time. If you liked, you know, if you liked Casey yelling obscenities at you while you're, you know, he, you know, you're at the bar. This is where he's going to be working at now. Now, in case he does spindle tap. This so. is where he's yelling yeah. obscenities. Yeah. yeah, so you can go yeah. that. If you liked, you know, Mad- you know, Madeline's pretty smile, or if you liked, you know, this beer, or you liked this person's attitude, this is where these people will be working at from here on out. Go yeah. support those establishments so this doesn't happen to them again. Yeah. And don't forget about us. Not we could deal. use some of those employees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. 
Center North. Yeah. Center North. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can give you contact info. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Um, so one other thing I want to talk about, like from your perspective, we've got Ingenious shutting down. We see uh, Buffalo Bayou is hey. done. They're closing the doors. Yeah, I know. I know. There's more to that story. Oh, they'll uh, be open. They'll beep be that out. Open. There, 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 there's, there's definitely more to that story. We don't edit it, so anything you say, we're gonna keep it on. Um, which is part of the fun of this. Yeah, I know. There's more. The good thing, but we, but I, I, I say that to say that like, there's enough breweries shuttering their doors that uh, we had a you know former brewery owner on the show who now runs a podcast about. Uh, breweries that have closed completely, and that's his yeah. whole podcast. Because um, it's unfortunately that easy to do now. Yes, because yeah. there's so many of us. Yes. So, like, so what is your what is your take on that, and why is that happening right now? Yeah, I think it all. I mean, honestly, like, it, I think it also, all, you know, us personally. I told you what our story stems from. Correct. Um, you know, as far as brash or not brash, fucking buffalo. <laughs> Buff by a brewery goes. Yep. Uh, you know, I think that was just a, a ticking time bomb in itself. There was a lot of other things uh, involved in that. Mm-hmm. That I, I, you know, I don't know too much. I won't speak too much on it, but uh, I think there's a lot of behind the scenes things. The cool thing about that place, though, is that a lot of people in our current industry still started there that may no longer still be there that are still awesome, amazing people. Yes. Uh, so at least that was a stepping stone for them to get into this industry and create a create a path for themselves to stay in it in the Houston area. Uh, but uh, you know, like another uh, you know big one is that even like Four J just reti- uh, announced retirement this uh, this past week as well too. Four J is going to close. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. that's a crazy one. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Uh, well, I think uh, after you know uh, I talked to Jennifer Mathis uh, you know uh, uh, earlier yeah. this week last week. And uh, you know she hasn't been, she hadn't been there in a while. Yeah. Uh, she took a more steady job with the kids and everything. And and uh, I mean her dad's already been already retired once. Yeah. So you know I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to be a landlord and a brewer after right. being a law enforcement. You know. You know, yeah. You know his whole life. So but you know again like going you know I think the key to it is at least going out with your head held high. And yeah. 4J's doing it. We're doing it. You know, buff not so much. Uh, I'll be back. But uh, yeah. Uh, it's I, I I don't I don't there's no particular reason uh, you know the yeah uh, ours was financials theirs could have four days could have been just time available to to run the place right yeah. you know obviously obviously buzz was finally financial but right. uh, you know for just not paying their bills apparently but yeah but uh it's uh just. If you don't want to hear any more of, the, of us shutting down, go to the damn place and yeah, buy go, a go, pint. yeah. Uh, like I refuse to take it, like you know, and I get I get offered any brewery I go into, I always get here beers around me. I'm like, no. First off, I have to be able to tip you, tip your staff, right? So I, I refuse to accept. It. I'll take beer home. I'll take packaged beer home for free. But if I'm there drinking. I'm there to pay for it. Yes. To support the establishment and also so I can tip the employees that are helping run the damn place. Yes. Right. So you know, do that. Make yeah. that make that normal. Well, if we if we learn anything from COVID, we should have learned. We need to take care of each other. Yeah, okay. you get your ass out well, there and go go support of, the small you know, and the local and keep them alive. Right, and they, we kind of saw some of that. You know, those people. You know, people still having jobs and getting a twelve hundred dollars you know stimulus check on top of it. They were just throwing money around like crazy. People were buying like seahorses and bald eagles and shit. <laughs> I still have my bald eagle. Yeah, right. and now yeah. my groceries are like twice as much as they normally cost, and I buy the same stuff every every week. Yeah. So it's like you know, 
it was uh, you know misuse of money. But uh, but go out there and and, and support, support your local, local establishments, your bars, your kitchens, your breweries, anything that you enjoy. Yeah, like you know, we're, there's more uh, communities in the Houston than just the craft beer community. Yeah, if you're in the in the knitting community back there, I see her knitting over there. Like, go support your local yarn shop or something. Go yeah. go to Michael's and buy some stuff. <laughs> go to Hobby Lobby and, yeah. and buy some stuff. Hell yeah, dude! You know, Hobby Lobby's not going anywhere anytime soon, but yeah, uh, but yeah small businesses go the out there. Yeah. yeah. Go well, out there and support. I, I'm excited. You know, listen to the stories. Listen to uh, your opinions. I'm even more excited that we're ending on the Christmas bonus because to uh, to hear the story behind the beer, the fact that the proceeds from the beer went to the Christmas bonuses for the employees, uh, it makes it a little bit more altruistic. Uh, it makes it a little bit more part of the ingenious family personal uh, yeah. which yeah 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 that, that's that's the better word for it right this beer is a little bit more personal uh and, I, and i'm really glad we get to end on that and i think this 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 beer maybe uh tells the story of ingenious better than the other beers in front of it yeah. uh that that we're gonna brew good beer it's gonna be as advertised uh, maybe a little bit out of the box but give us a try and uh, we definitely don't suck yeah. uh and not only on top of that we take care of each other we're a family yeah. hey yeah, yeah that's pretty cool man so like I said, like we, you know, getting the conversation, it was just uh, you know, teammates, coworkers, employees, owners, all having confidence in each other mm-hmm. makes a world of difference, man. It does. It does. Anytime you're in an environment where you all, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. You yes, take care does. of each other, it's 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 going to make the place great, yes, right? Sir. And uh, yes, sir. I think I think we've been able to see that in the Houston area uh, several times, and yeah. I'm glad that we're we got a window it, into it. We're ingenious. seeing it today yes. with Adam, Dude. who raced. I think, Ten thousand dollars for Olivia is yeah. insane. That's no, it's, awesome. it's, it's pretty fucking cool. You you switch that to uh, for a haircut. I think I was talking to uh, talking to Mary about this. Like it's almost been a year now that we've been doing this. It started in June, yeah, um, and when we first came, well, I missed the first one in June because it was anniversary weekend. I'd take care of my chick, and then uh, the July episode I was here. It might have been four or five tens. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, it, and now we're yeah. working on six rows of tents. Yeah, and it's... I mean, my whole thing with this market is I want the entire parking lot to be nothing but tents. Yeah. But it's kind of hard because it'll oversaturate some people, and... I mean, nobody's going to get pissed off. I mean, I don't charge booth space, so... Okay. I mean, they're not losing money. They're just losing their time, but if, if I have... 10 tents that have the same fucking five t-shirts like yeah. somebody's gonna make money 30 people aren't like yeah, yeah. but it, so. it's trying to get different stuff in here and not just the same stuff every time I mean it's really just trying to get repeat customers that's all it is and the yeah. only thing I ask the uh, vendors is them on their own social medias to spread the word okay. and I mean it, it helps them out it helps the bar out and I mean, we're all here to fucking make money. I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. what it is. Like, yeah. So I know that we just we uh, we have a, a a small amount of beer still left. I know that I just donated a keg to uh, Josh Schultz's spot, Growler spot out in Fulcher, uh, of Southern Drip, uh, and all proceeds of that are going to go to Olivia. Awesome. Um, if uh, Mary, if you're interested, I can donate you a keg. Excellent. Well, I don't know about donating, but I'll take it. Donate. Uh, donate. Don't pay for anything. All the money of it goes goes to her. Absolutely. I was on board. Uh, gonna, and then I think we're also going to be, uh, I, I do have some canned package uh, uh, left as well uh, that uh, uh, will most likely just be donated straight to Novi. Oh, and nice. And they can 
sell it. And just, so that way we can at least help as well, too. Yes. Now, we might be financially ridden right now, but we can at least still help you know, in some in. way. It's all part of the community that we're in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we all step up and we all show up and show out. So. Hell yeah. I mean, that's the that's the thing that's kind of pulling at my heartstrings, too, is just the community that we are in all came together to see me cut my fucking hair off. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous, but it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Do you, do you, do you think there were a few, like, like spiteful donations not that just just to say I'm not I I'm just well, donating I'm just donating to watch Adam cut his hair off well there's a lot of comments on like well cut his butt hair too <laughs> <laughs> probably get more money for that <laughs> I mean uh, they have to pay extra yeah. Uh, oh. uh. yeah 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 it, honestly it doesn't matter why they donated yeah, and it's, mean, it's going it's to the great cause yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and I'm gonna keep my butthole hair so yeah <laughs> you are gonna keep your butthole hair <laughs> Okay, I like the yeah. fact that we announced that on uh, Hot Tub um, Beers. Yeah, hot Adam beers. is keeping his butthole hair. Keep butthole no, hair. No filters. Keep, 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 make butthole hair great again. <laughs> I mean, it's, not, it's, not a hot, it's not a hot tub episode unless I talk about my butthole. You know? I, yeah, 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 yeah. Unless there's been some sexual innuendo. Uh, it's it's, in, in it's your, not really an episode. I'll tell you what, oh. the next one I'm on here, I'll bring a Speedo if, if Adam's in a Speedo. Okay. I want his like shaven body in there with oh. me. Oh. Man, okay, I gotta, we've, I gotta we've, start another GoFundMe. We've, <laughs> we've, done a speedo, we've done a Speedo episode at 11 Below. Uh, yeah. Y'all don't want to see that. Oh, nobody wants to see it. That's nobody why we do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why it's a podcast, not a TV show. That's correct, <laughs> correct, 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 correct. This is, yeah, this is just my simple pleasure yeah. of uh, <laughs> having a bunch of fucking fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Here's the deal. We're going to rate this beer, but before we do, I want a commitment from you, James Carlisle. Wherever you land, I want to come back and do an episode with your new beer, your new brewery. Absolutely. Cheers. 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 Absolutely. Uh, Christmas bonus. We're going to rate it. This, this to me, is going to be the best out of all of them that we've had. Um reason being the only thing that about this beer that made me a little bit anxious about trying is the vanilla beans because I've had beers with vanilla where the vanilla tends to overpower and make yeah. it sweet and then that's all I'm drinking is a mouthful of vanilla I think that the vanilla beans in here were used uh, in very good balance to the rest of the adjuncts to it uh, again there is that 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 nose on the uh, the you you can smell the the barrel on the on the nose yeah. uh, you you can taste it when you drink it but on this one, the barrel, on the flavor, the barrel isn't as hot. The adjuncts still kind of cut into the barrel. Cut, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I enjoy it. I, I, I think what's pushing me over the top is the use of vanilla beans, that they are there accentuating the beer and not overpowering the beer. Um, I, I'm going to go 3.9 on this one. Okay. I, I really enjoy it. This is one that uh, if I can find some more of it, I'll buy it and stockpile it so that, that I can drink it in the hot tub. You know, next winter. I, I really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Good. Appreciate it. Mary? This is a tongue coat. A tongue coat? A it tongue is a coat. tongue coat. Yeah. We call it, it, a, we call it a throat coat. A throat coat. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, I, I like it. I think um, it's it's extremely heavy, so got to be mindful of what you're drinking. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm up there in the 3.8, 3.85. Yeah. Uh, very well balanced. Nice and thick and beautiful and sit by the... Fire or yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just melt into okay. the seat and go to bed. Yeah. yeah, Adam, did you want to put a rating on record before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I'll rate this one. Okay. Uh, I really, I really do enjoy it. I mean, it's it's 
I mean, whenever I drink barrel-aged stouts, I like the vanilla aspect on the barrel or with the barrel just because it kind of cuts out some of that heat. Like, yeah. Man. And, uh, I mean, it's beautifully balanced, and I'm going to give it a solid 3.82. 3.82. I like that. Okay. All right, James. It's it's all on you now. Uh, Is well, this the perfect brewer's it, beer? It was. Uh, I'll give it a 3.99. Nice. Not, not, not nice. perfect. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all in agreement this was the highest rated beer of the yeah. show. Uh, for me, it's because of the person uh, personality behind the beer and uh, what it actually truly meant to the brewery yes. is what is what elevates it to me. I had no idea the story behind it when I brought it, but I'm glad that we do now, and I'm glad that we ended on that yeah, one. 3.99. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, not just because of the, the contents of the can, but because of the story behind it. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. I want to say thank you uh, sincerely awesome. from the bottom of our heart uh, for coming and hanging out with us. Um, I'm sorry that the hot tub heaters didn't work. I'm uh, not. I'm not. Bamboozled. Yeah. I'm sorry they didn't work for you. But uh, I'm, I'm uh, sorry they didn't work for okay. me. So we, well, when, when the weather is hot, I want you back. We're getting the hot tub. I'll make sure I get like a fresh tattoo like the week before so I can't So I can't. It. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on, dude. I actually just talked to my artist this past week. I have to finish my chest piece. So it's like yeah. it, well, you can get in waist deep. You'll be good to go. Uh, so, man, I sincerely, thank you a lot. The best of luck as you keep going. Uh, wherever you end up landing at, please keep in contact with us and let us know because we do want to have you back on. We want to do want to try your beers at wherever you land at. Yes, and uh, hopefully you bring a uh, – well, not hopefully. I'm sure you'll bring an elephant to that brewery that's going to elevate them even more. Yeah. And we're looking forward to what it comes, comes well, next. Uh, well, Tim, I appreciate it, man. Uh, Mary as well. I appreciate y'all having uh, me and my wife on today. Uh, thanks to Brash for hosting everything. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see what the next chapter is for 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 me and my family. And uh, you will definitely. I have your number locked in. I got Hell you. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I love it. Guys, thank you for uh, listening to Hot Tub Beers. If you like what you hear, make sure you send it to all your family and friends. You can get us on any spot podcast that you listen to, be it iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora. You can find us on the InstaWeb at, at Hot Tub Beers. You can click the link in the bio that will send you to all those podcatchers. And on top of that, there's a link to keep the hot tub warm. You can support us for as little as 99 cents a month for as much as... one fifty-five sixty-two. One fifty-five sixty-two a month. Guys, and until next time... We enjoy having every single one of you. Get your ass out there. Drink your local beer. Buy your local beer at the local tap room. And until next time, cheers. And enjoy your hot tub beers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cue outro music. Yeah. Cue outro. Hot tub beers, just my friends and me.